dedicated to the memory of George Perez. Hello and welcome to Fresh Face Comics, the comic book podcast. Book reader, guys, it's friends through the world of comics for the first time. My name is Joey Morgan, the aforementioned lifelong reader. With me, as always, is Jacob Licklider, the aforementioned newbie. When there's trouble, do you know who to call? Teen Titans. Exactly. Um, all right, uh, getting the obvious out of the way first, uh, I know we mentioned last episode that we were going to have a guest on this episode. We do not, unfortunately, Andrew will instead only be on next episode, so we will be covering Teen Titans Volume 2 next episode with our friend Andrew. He will definitely be there. I guarantee we, it. We, um, have, we have the dates picked out to record. Yes, yes. Scheduling conflicts kind of screwed us over on this one. We know to think in advance next time, despite the fact that we thought we prepared enough in advance with the last it, with, honestly, with this episode. Honestly, it was a, a last-minute thing that life happens yeah that is just the nature of of time is what it is but uh but still very excited to get into this episode um a great episode to get into um today we are talking about the new teen titans by marv wolfman and george perez volume one um another kind of unfortunately obvious thing that i do have to get out of the way first no this was not planned around george perez's unfortunate death um George Perez was an absolute legend in comics, and I don't think I would ever try to purposely plan uh, an episode where we would get the maximum amount of listens over a man's death. Um, This episode was planned for quite some time. I had it scheduled in, I think, even like a few weeks before his uh, sickness was even announced. Um, So this is uh, I, I had this episode planned out for quite some time. I knew I always wanted to get Jacob into Teen Titans with this particular run because it is the Teen Titans run. Um... So yeah, uh, let's see, what, what else should we get out of the way before we get into this episode? Um, and once, once again, as always, thank you all so much for listening. It really does mean a lot. We've seen some pretty uh, pretty great steady growth on, on the last couple episodes. It's been fantastic to see. Um, it's always amazing to see views just stay steady, uh, especially when we're covering, like, non-Batman stuff, because... Yeah, yeah. I think the, I, the greatest surprise to me recently has been just how popular the Aquaman episode was. That yeah. was fantastic. I loved seeing that. Um, I think that was our most popular of the past three episodes. So that was fantastic to see. Um, really does mean a lot. So thank you all so much for supporting that, especially for supporting Aquaman of all characters. That that, that really does mean a lot. Um, so I guess let's get into it. Um, what did you know about the Teen Titans before uh, before going into this? So, okay, so the 2003 animated uh, animated series was, that was like the DC show I watched as a kid. It was like that, and like bits of The Batman were the two ones I watched like Saturday mornings. So essentially this team was the team that I knew as the Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Um like minus I, of course wonder my, girl and kid flash yeah minus minus the two sidekicks who i mean i guess at the time wally west kid flash would just be the flash in um justice league unlimited right uh yeah yeah in at the, t- at the time that you were watching dc cartoons yeah yep. basically yeah. yeah and i mean um so uh, as far as like individual character go- characters go, obviously you have a lot of experience with Dick Grayson with all the Batman episodes we've done mm-hmm. and other important things that he's been adapted into. Um, Wonder Girl and Kid Flash, though, I was I was curious. Did you know them from anything? I didn't know Wonder Girl. I knew like she existed as a character, but mm-hmm. I like I didn't I didn't know her. Kid Flash, I knew Wally West because we've 
okay. we've had some brief we have we've, we've had some brief Wally flash appearances on other episodes. Yeah. Um, uh, but Wonder Girl, you only like knew of. I, I vaguely knew of, mainly knowing that you know, uh, knowing how the like the original Teen Titans, because this is the new Teen Titans, which yes. is okay. So that's not which, that's... like I, I feel like you know a lot of. <laughs> I feel like the culture around uh, around like comics and and how they came to be what they are today, um, and the history of the Teen Titans in particular, can very much make it seem like this was the first Teen Titans run. Because man, that that original Teen Titans run has just been wiped from existence, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I I I I've looked and I can't seem to find if there's ever really been collections of it. There uh, might be, maybe digitally. Um, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But of course, uh, but but of course, the other characters in this um, uh, Beast Boy or the Changeling in this uh, Beast Boy, Raven, uh, Starfire and Cyborg, you know, all from the cartoon. And of course, we covered Cyborg stuff on uh, on the Justice League episodes that we just did recently. So um, and did you know you you didn't know any of those characters from like anything else? Pretty much. Right. Pretty much. Pretty much. I, 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 I knew them from the cartoon and. Let's be honest. The cartoon voices, for the most part, are what's going through my head when I'm reading this. Oh, definitely. Um, I think I think specifically with a character like uh like Gar, like that is just that sp- voice. Basically, specifically for the Wolfman Perez creations and Beast Boy. See, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if Starfire and Raven are quite what I imagine. See, the, maybe maybe not for you, but for me, considering like that was such a fundamental childhood memory okay it kind of hits yeah i i i mean i did watch the cartoon a lot as a kid i guess maybe not quite as much as you i suppose um i don't know i I guess it doesn't quite match these characterizations here but also this comic is a bit more adult than uh than the the, uh than the tv show is so really really kind of adult like i wasn't expecting it to be this adult yeah yeah well it's it's again it this is this is i mean you know, comics were already being more adult at this point, but this this was one of those you know key comics in the big push to take comics more seriously. This was the, the, eventually the comic that made Crisis on Infinite Earths because yeah. of Marv Wolfman and George Perez. Yeah, I mean, this is this is six years before Crisis. Like, yeah. this is 1980. This is yeah. the oldest comic we've done so far. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess sort of diving into our non-spoiler section now um but w- on that very topic this is the oldest comic we've covered so far how different was it what did you expect going in uh c- compared to like the other things that we've covered on, on the podcast so i was trying to anticipate like okay this is probably going to be less geared towards like doing a big story arc over over multiple issues to fill up like a trade I was expecting, like, especially since this is just the New Teen Titans, Volume 1. There's, like, there's no subtitle. There's no, like, it's not like, oh, okay, I know the Judas contract is, like, the big New Teen Titans uh, story yeah. arc. But, but, like, but even then, like, you don't even know what happens in it. No, no. Aside from, uh, I think, one thing in it? I, I, know a, I know a character, I know two characters in it, and because of the title Judas Contract... Yeah, yeah, that does get <laughs> that does make it kind of obvious. But uh, like the like the big team change in it, what happens to one of the main characters? I'm assuming you do. I think so. 
think we'll so. talk about it off record. We'll talk about it off record. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, non-spoilers. Um, non-spoiler section for a reason. Um, yes. So anyway, yeah, sorry, go on. So um, but so, so how, how did this comic differ from what we've covered so far, though? The pace is very different. It's, it's very, here's a character section, here's some action. And then either the end, either the issue will end with either some, a little more character drama or a, a sort of an action tag, which is very interesting because like these first eight issues, they're all self-contained stories, but they also all lead into each other um yeah it's sort, sort of like uh yeah sort of like an old serial um yeah which again like, i know we, we've come up with that comparison a lot on this podcast um i think you first mentioned it on death of superman where you know like, like comics are just old radio serials you know yes. you, you don't necessarily need the thing leading into it but it would help and you would see like how it directly led into what we're reading now yeah it also structurally um this is gonna be a weird a weird sort of reference but it reminded me of the first volume of the Sandman, like in the way hmm. that it was structured. And then I, I you know what? I kind of get that. I yeah. kind of get that. Yeah. Because we we start with, you know, inciting incident. We go through essentially seven interconnected stories all towards a goal. And then we end with this with a with a focused character piece essentially to set up here's what this series is going to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, oh, and of course, for those who don't know, uh, who may just be dropping in because this is likely to grab a, uh, grab some new audience members, uh, Jacob's experience with comics before we've covered on the podcast is The Sandman, Watchmen, and Invincible. And yes. that's it. So. And that's it. Yes. And yeah, and of course, everything on, on the podcast. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hence, hence the Sandman reference. We, uh, we've we've had to say that a lot, though. But but also, you know, it, it feels good that we have to keep saying that because we are covering so many different areas of, of so many topics. Yeah. So many different things. Yeah. Um, I also, I can't, I don't think I was expecting how adult it was. Honestly, like, mm-hmm. I, I was specifically when we get towards the end of this volume, like the last like third. Yeah, yeah that's like, like third of the volume. Those last like three ish issues. Um, yeah, yeah, um, I, I definitely get that. Yeah, and also it's also what what I find kind of fascinating is despite it being this very sort of kind of old fashioned and kind of dark, and it very easily could have gone into two older men trying to write teenagers mm-hmm. but they instead took the took this opportunity to just write these write these teenagers as genuine characters and not talk down to kids and teenagers that are likely to be reading this book yeah i, I think it also helps and this might lead into one of our like one of our comments um a, a certain one um that i don't have pulled up in front of me they when you think when your brain thinks teenager, my brain automatically jumps to like thirteen to sixteen. Like for whatever reason, uh, I think. You, so do you want to cover our first Twitter yes. question? I guess. Yeah. Okay. So um, this comes from our good friend Mason uh, at the GD two fifty six. Um, I know this is a joke question, but there is a genuine answer to be had uh, mason says how old are the titans <laughs> we say teenagers but 
I'd like you you to take this topic away because it, it is interesting. So yeah, so here's what's interesting. Uh at least based on this volume, Dick and Molly are both like college age, and like they're implied to be like 18, somewhere between 18 and 20. Um mm-hmm. same with Gar Logan. You don't you don't really know where Wonder Girl is, but she has an apartment on her own. So she is at least like 17, 18. Uh, Raven, Raven, ex- Raven exists in this realm outside of age, even though she is teenaged. And uh, same sort of goes for Corey, uh, Starfire, yeah, who like... is teenaged, but grew up in such a different society that she doesn't act like a teenager. Yeah, she, she does not. Raven, like, is an adult. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah, is, straight up. Yeah, straight up. Despite, she's, she's despite like being up, literally like teenaged. Yeah. Um, I would say the only one here that truly acts like a teenager is, oddly enough, the character that's taken on the most adult connotation nowadays, Cyborg. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, he, he acts probably the most childish of the group here. And, like, child is not in a bad way, more in a. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still a compelling character, obviously, but more character. like, more, more immature, I should say. Yeah, less, less less prepared to deal with the kind of superhero bullshit because he did not sign up for this superhero bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is just a um, constant part of this, of, of this character's big backstory. Character, yeah. Um, <laughs> see, see our first Justice League episode because man, nobody likes giving Vic Stone a break. No, no. <laughs> nobody. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think skewing older is what helped Wolfman in particular. Cause I think in this volume, Wolfman does most of the actual writing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I, think, I, I know Perez, Perez, become a plot, Perez becomes a plotter towards the end, I believe though. Right. Yeah. Like he, he, I know he, I know he becomes a plotter. Like, cause this is the Wolfman Perez run. Like they, mm-hmm. they are collaborators. These two work yeah. together and like, you can immediately see that team. Um, I'll also say, uh, Romeo Tango, the inker, uh, kind of is also an unsung hero. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I mean, just look at a character like Raven, whose existence as a character relies on how she's shadowed and inked. Um, I I just, I love that. You know, I I just opened up to a random page just now on 141 in volume one, and there's this great panel where she stands at the middle of the team and she's just entirely shrouded beneath her cape and it looks brilliant. Um, So, so good. Well, and and you can tell, because there are a couple of issues here where the, in this volume, where the inks aren't Tango, and at least for the first one where where it's not him, you can kind of tell. Like, it's... Like the this this uh, this trade opens with a uh, with a preview that I'm sure we'll cover because it's so goddamn weird. Um, yeah, yeah. I like, remember you sending your live live thoughts of this to uh, to our group chat. <laughs> it's just it was so funny uh, of of that first uh, preview issue. Yeah, yeah. but like so this fun. preview is the, and it's I think it's the inks. The inks just look so weird they're not bad they just don't mesh as well with george perez's style yeah um Um, but on this uh let's go to our next twitter question i want to bring it over from uh at jamie underscore season seven um uh jamie says one of the many runs i desperately want to read my question is based on what you've read of this and the claremont x-men uh there are a lot of parallels between the two which do you like the most i'm assuming this is more question for me obviously because you've not read you've not read the chris claremont x-men i at Um, least am aware of what claremont has written for x-men a little bit 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, he, I mean, he's done basically all the stuff that uh, that the films are based on, basically. <laughs> so yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, but yeah, so of of what I've read of both, which I've definitely read more of Teen Titans. I think of this run, I've read everything up to and including Judas Contract. Um, so yeah, so, so obviously I have more experience with Teen Titans, but I've read the first. 20 odd issues of the claremont x-men run and uh between those two they're entirely different beasts um obviously i've read more of, of wolfman's teen titans so wolfman and perez have the time to flesh out their characters a lot more considering i've read more of the teen titans but man um it's easy to draw those parallels between the two they're definitely both uh i guess they're the dc and marvel equivalents of saying uh, of the first pushes into more serious character drama, and it can seem at times like they take it in almost in an almost like soap opera like direction. Um, specifically in the Claremont X Men run, which I do love and I have been really enjoying. Um, uh, do follow me on Twitter. I do, uh, I do like do like live, uh, not live tweets, um, but like post my thoughts on Marvel books as I read them. And I've been doing the Claremont X Men run. So, um, but between the two. Obviously, I prefer Teen Titans. It's not really a contest because I haven't read as much of the Claremont X-Men as I would like. But uh, but I do adore both, and I do uh, enjoy seeing the comparisons between the two. Um, going into our next Twitter question, all of our Twitter questions are going to come from the... to Go, go to the non-spoiler section, so... Obvi- uh, it, it's, it's interesting. For such a well-known run on Teen Titans... Uh, all of our questions are from people who haven't read it, which I think is really interesting. Um, just shows what kind of people like want to get into this. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Our next question comes from at uh, English underscore giraffe. English giraffe asks, this has been on my bucket list of comics to read. Really want to branch out into other Teen Titans stuff. That's not just the 2003 cartoon. Um, so as someone that's only read the first volume, um, can you recommend this book to someone who wants to branch out and has only seen the 2003 cartoon? Yes, but with a slight asterisk, because there are still, like, there's, so, something actually Wolf, that Wolfman says in his introduction to this book, like, if you can pick up this, this, uh, I think this trade was first released in, like, 2014, maybe, or maybe even later than that, um, there's this nice introduction by Marv Wolfman. Marv Wolfman does one of those, I think, for pretty much every volume of these collected editions, and they're yeah. so, in, they're so insightful. It is it is fascinating. One, it gives us here's an idea of like, hey, the first issue sold like hotcakes, and then like at issue five they had tanked, like, and then issue mm-hmm. six suddenly it started to become a bestseller and they kept growing. Um, mm-hmm. Wolfman also perfectly breaks down why it seemed like the Teen Titans is needed because you know the sidekick to a superhero was first introduced to to make younger breeders more more invested in a superhero because hey here's someone your age someone you can relate to someone fighting alongside the superhero that is more like you that's not relatable what is relatable is giving these people their own books and treating them like real people yeah and this is like the first one for a lot of these characters who are sidekicks uh pre-established mm-hmm. sidekicks i should say to do that um, yeah yeah. I, I'd imagine Dick Grayson had some of that, especially with certain pieces of the Batman run, like in the 70s and early 80s. Um, a little uh, bit. Uh, with with the advent of Dennis O'Neill, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, but like this was like this was the solidification of these are people. They have their lives. 
Um, now the first the issue, the first two issues of this, I will say, are brilliant, and I love them. Same with like the last three of this volume are all brilliant. Now, the issues in the middle go into some weird places, and they kind of drag. <laughs> I'm not sure if I fully fully agree with that. Actually, I mean, that'll be that'll be interesting to break down the spoilers, but that's that's interesting to hear. Like there there's some that I was just like okay, you're throwing stuff at the wall and they aren't, it isn't sticking as well. Um, but then, then they eventually pull it, they, they eventually pull it back together. And I wouldn't say they're bad issues. They're just, oh, we're trying to find our footing. And yeah, uh, I'll also say this was written in 1980. There are definitely some things in here that have not aged well. Um, Agreed. Uh, <laughs> Nothing. Nothing, no, 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 nothing, nothing truly out, outrageous. I'd say, like, I, I don't think, you know, people would read this nowadays and be disgusted by it. You know, so, um, it's more of the cringe, like, oh, this, yeah, this is 1980. Yeah, you can tell. There's, there's, there's a little bit of that. Um, you'll, I'd say probably the most egregious continuous thing in this is. Maybe the stereotyped dialogue of Vic Stone. You oh, yeah. The, like, it's, like mm. specifically in the way that Wolfman writes certain words, you're like, oh, okay, I see what you're getting at, Wolfman, and that's not right. That's, um, that is that is not okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is, it is, I, I believe the technical term is jive. Yeah. Which yeah. Um, I don't think was still a thing in the 80s. I thought that yeah, died in like the yeah. 70s. So, I mean, you know, we give props to uh, to Marvel and George Perez for creating a character like Victor Stone. And, you know, first off, there weren't many black voices in comics at the time, so that's important. Um, also, Vic Stone is just one of the most compelling characters on this team. But also, and, there's and, that. <laughs> and it's not, luckily, it, it, it only pops up occasionally. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not horrible. If you're easily ticked off by those things, it's there kind of consistently. But, like, it's, it's, it's not as bad as some certain things that I've seen in certain modern publishing spheres um, from people with even you can tell that Wolfman has good intentions is what I'm trying to yeah. say. This isn't yeah. I've seen a lot of racist shit in publishing from stuff that I've read uh, and this is nowhere near as bad. There's it's not it's not good. But it's at least well intentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. But on that, uh, our last Twitter question today, not even a question. I just kind of love this comment. Friend Rachel at uh, Seashells says, No comics, brain empty, sad face emoji. And with that, we highly recommend the new Teen Titans Volume 1 by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. Please go pick it up, especially if you've never read it, because please, if you have no other way to honor George Perez, read one of his most iconic works. Um, just do yourself a favor, pick it up. Um, but with that, I say it's time we move into our spoilers section. Yes. Um, yes. Um, kicking off, uh, not with Teen Titans number one, but with DC Comics Presents number 26. This is a short preview from that issue for the new Teen Titans. Um, okay. <laughs> I know you're I know you're excited to talk about this. <laughs> God, this is so weird. 
It was okay. so weird. So first off, I love that every single page is bordered by these stars. Yeah, well, okay. Okay, so I looked into this. This is like, obviously, this is like one story of three in DC Comics Presents, and the others were like Superman with plus Green Lantern, uh, I think. Like, that that was a thing. Um, yeah, which is like, here's some random shit to, you know, just be like, hey, here's some characters you like by this comic. I was never a fan of these types of books. Um, I, I I never like uh, I never like these. They still kind of make books like these, these anthology ones, um, even strictly like Batman related ones. Like, uh, oh god, what was the one that I didn't like recently? Um, they did a new uh, Legends of the Dark Knight, and I was not a big fan of that. I just I don't like those quick anthology releases because they don't do a lot for me. I don't think comics is a medium in which you can tell these really quick stories succinctly, specifically when you're trying to introduce an entirely new team of characters. Yeah. Such like as this. yeah, like it is, it is, it this this is this is weird. So the story in this is called "Where Nightmares Begin," um, which okay, cool, and like okay, I am fully convinced that like Wolfman had issue one ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. like DC was like, "Hey, we have some faith in your book," you know, because like. So, like, in the introduction, it's mentioned that, like, Perez was, like, already fairly well-known for doing The Avengers um, and Fantastic Four. So, like, those are two big Marvel books. And, oh, look, DC has now snagged him. And DC is, like, the big competitor. And, like, it's kind of true at this time. Isn't it kind of like this is a point where Marvel is, like, doing better than DC yeah, th- th- this was uh, oddly enough. This was the book, New Teen Titans, that like skyrocketed DC sales so much um, that that it actually put them back into competition with Marvel again. Yeah, um, but yeah, where nightmares begin? Okay, the best way to talk about it is to go over the plot. So, like, okay, the opening is the opening is is like a decent thing. It's like, oh, outside of Star Labs, Robin is being called in by the police. Because mm-hmm. of a hostage situation. Yeah. Um, uh, like, and, okay, you can tell from this first page, like, the inks are so weirdly shadowed. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't quite fit the way Perez draws these characters. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but the weirdest shit happens. Um, we're helping out this hostage situation. Robin starts running. And suddenly, Wonder Girl is just there. And they're standing and they are... in front of this giant T-shaped tower. Now, I already knew of Titan's Tower because, you know, it's in the animated show. But my god, imagine reading this at the time. <laughs> yeah, like... And so so Robin is, is the audience surrogate, right? Right? And he's just asking yeah. the questions. It's like, And it's like, you know, I've never been here before in my life. Yeah. And we then walk he's... into a... Yeah, we walk into, like, uh, Titan. We see Beast Boy, or as he is now called, the Changeling. Um, we uh, he walks in there with the Wonder Girl. This story goes so back and forth; it's insane. Um, we meet up with Cyborg for the first time. All these characters acting as, as if they already know each other. I just how how did like what what did you make of this when you first saw it? I, I was I was just like okay, I'm at least familiar with these characters in retrospect. Yeah, <laughs> which you know is is easy to. To, you know, to to jump in and enjoy this a lot easier now, but man, it's, it's just a weird way to, to, to introduce these guys. Well, and, and here's the thing: 
it apparently worked. Issue one sold yeah. really well. Yeah. But like, yeah, like it's it's a, all the characters come together. A Beast Boy is as, horny. As, as Wolfman, and it's and it's weird because obviously issue one didn't sell on the merits of hey, here's more Teen Titans because as Wolfman lays out in his introduction, the original Teen Titans run was terrible and nobody bought it. Um, so 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 rebooting the Teen Titans was not exactly the most popular move over over at the DC head office. Yeah, like it's 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 so interesting that one they rebooted it and they gave them a preview like this where it, it's kind of insane. So like the plot is mysterious scientist man that Raven saw because astral projection um that, that's that's all you get is yep. doing something something with dimensional research um no okay i recognized who this character was immediately i'm like oh you do oh. yeah i'm like oh he, well, well he's drawn quite differently than than he is in the other stuff that we've seen yeah but i'm like oh we're doing it's, it's... I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe you were tipped off by the fact that Wolfman in- included another black character. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's but that. Yeah. Maybe it's that. You know, <laughs> it's 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 the Star Wars logic of who's the only woman. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Um. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah. So Raven sees this. Uh, the scientist. Uh, th- um. Here we could just call him Silas, right? It's, it's Silas to, Stone. We don't. We don't need to tiptoe around that. Yeah, but, like, it's a creature... I love this kind of sci-fi idea of, like, it's trying to convert the atmosphere to methane so it can survive. It's a dumb idea, but I love it. Um, yeah. But, like, the Titans... <laughs> very fun, very, very pulpy, very 80s. Very 80s. Everyone on the team can move fast and, like, slash fly except for Robin, which... So I Starfire find, carries him. I, I find that hilarious. But yeah, and like yeah. they they attack they attack they attack this protoplasm. It like may or may not consume Raven. Uh, Wally West uh, does preview uh, the. Um, I hate to use the word simp, but uh, but it's it's kind of accurate. It's kind yeah. of accurate. I hate that yeah, word. But... Yeah. Oh boy. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, do we? Uh, I forget. Do we actually? tease any uh starfire robin relationship here not in this issue no i think that it starts it starts immediately in in issue one though issue two is where it really starts i'd argue um but yeah (laughs) one i robin is just confused like they fight the protoplasm the protoplasm he runs up some stairs and he passes out again and he's back to the hostage situation (laughs) It's so fucking weird. We just keep jumping back and forth between these uh, these two situations, and I don't know. I I I, I really fail to see how this grabbed anyone at the time. Well, the art's pretty. Um, yeah, and but at again, least, ink, ink and terribly. Kind of, yeah, ink terribly. It shows, and that isn't even to say like the inker is a bad inker, because um, he did the inks for the first issue's cover, uh, like the actual first issue's cover. Yeah, it's uh, a very nice cover. It's it's very nice. Very nice just, cover. Yeah, I don't know. This is this is messy. We keep uh, there's some nice you know it's nice to like show off all these characters' powers, but like 
I don't know. I don't have any feeling for any of these characters. Yeah, aside from the fact that you know them already. Yeah, like, I I don't. And it's like... I mean, but but I mean, I guess that's that's sort of the way it's written, is that, you know, we're supposed to know the characters already in, in the situation that we're seeing them, just as readers saw it at the time, they didn't know these characters at all. But no. within, the, within the narrative, they all know each other so very well already. Except, except for Robin, who is confused. Yeah, how does that work for the rest of the Titans? Like, like is Robin there knowing all of them at one point, and then this our version of Dick gets like transported to in that Dick's body? Like, yeah, like it's time travel. I think is the implication. They don't really explain it, at least in this volume. Like, the alien yeah, protoplasm it's... doesn't happen again. Like when we next really see Silas Stone, it's issue eight. No, it maybe seven. Like seven, seven. Yeah, like. It's it's not this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but like... And we try to end on this big dramatic note after it's all dealt with, is uh, like Raven sort of thinks to herself how she needs to like bring all the Titans together, and it says, quite obviously, the beginning. <laughs> but this doesn't actually really get followed up on. The, no. This, this specific protoplasm shit. No, it doesn't. It's just it's like, just here to sort of tease, like, oh, who are these characters? Why does Victor um have this? Uh, 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 that's right. Like, like, why does Victor hate his father? You know, like, what is their relationship? That's it. Like, we don't actually know how any of these things are related, and we never. And you know what's even out. weirder? You know what's even weirder, Joey? Is because it, like I thought, like, oh, are we going to then build to this? But then, like, we don't. We build yeah, to for, for obvious reasons. Backstory because, is for obvious reasons because one of these characters is dead by the end of the volume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, you can't build up to that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I. It's it is a choice, and I, and I would say it's best to write DC Comics Presents twenty six off as non canon, but it's referenced within issue one. <laughs> yeah. Like it gets so it keeps coming up and I'm like, why? Why? I mean, obviously read it because it's like, what, 16 pages, 15, 16 pages. Uh, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, it's not it's not that long. Like, again, this was yeah. a slice it's, of it's a larger pages. Oh, it's even shorter. Yeah. It was a yeah. slice of a larger anthology. But now we can actually start proper. Yes, uh, New Teen Titans, number one. My god, that cover. Like, I just, oh, I love it. It's so, so good. Um, this this cover was uh, my clue that George Perez goes hard. Oh, yeah, and and, and does not know how to do anything else. Um, amazing action shots, super colorful, um, impactful wording around the cover. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, this is also the first comic we've ever covered on the podcast with a preview page. Uh, so, so page one of Inside the Comic is a title page for the story in the comic. Yeah. So this was a standard. So this was a standard of comics at the time. Typically, this was done because uh, older comics were typically multi-story things. So it was all like DC Comics presents. Um, so like a single issue of Batman would have like two to three stories within it. So you would have these preview pages, these like individual title pages for each story within that issue to sort of say, here's where the story separates. Here's where your new one begins. For some reason, they stuck around for quite some time into the single story era of issues. Um, 
and they're I nice mean, to have here because they're like secondary covers and they're really nice. Yeah, I mean, um, like just, this just could be the trend sort of continued. Yeah, well, it's also it also can very much be the artists still like doing them or possibly because I know comics have ads, right? Like, yeah, they could have tried to keep, keep structuring because I know like this issue is split into like chapters. Mm -hmm. Like that could be them trying to work around the ad pages and yeah. not just like cut you off in the middle of the flow. Which, yeah. like, I can't blame them for. But, yep. but, I mean, it is a very nice title page. I love the action shot of Robin holding Starfire and Raven above them. Like, so cool. So, so cool. Um, but we open up on the actual story. We see, With an epilogue. Uh, epilogue. I really love that. <laughs> That's really nice. Um, which is very fair, because this is kind of the end of another chapter that we don't mm. ever really see. Um, Once again, your idea of comics being uh, being old radio serials and and soap operas, where you just see the end of a story. Except in this case, we didn't get the beginning of the story either. We, we <laughs> so, won't get the beginning of the story because there isn't like a Starfire book running. This is a new character who, gonna be honest, I was expecting a skimpier design. Um, really? Like, yeah, yeah. Because like, I remember, I remember, like just there was this era of Teen Titans 2003 fans finding out about the comics that inspired that particular TV show and just going into fucking shock seeing the Starfire design here. Because, yeah, it's obviously very different from the cartoon. Um, I mean, is it, though? Like, there's more cleavage, and, you know, it's obviously not kid-friendly, but it's a fairly similar design. And also, uh, like, I, I always think that every version of Starfire should just have gigantic hair like this. More hair, more Like, hair. just just out of control. Just, just absolutely insane. It should look like fire. It is drawn like fire within this. It's amazing. Yes, and it's... Okay, I love... I love the way she's introduced as saving herself. Um, mm -hmm. especially oh, yeah, com coming in, kicking ass. Because um, this is post-Star Wars, right? Like... Empire uh, yeah. yeah, Empire Strikes yeah. Empire Back. Strike, was Empire Strikes Back would have been a very different, a very recent thing. Yeah. Well, it was it was referenced in the preview issue. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Empire Strikes Back would have been a very very recent thing because it just came out in eighty. Like yeah, you can see you can see the Star Wars influence on like the spaceship designs, not as much on the creature designs, which I mm. actually quite like. Yeah, um, yeah. Although they do come across a bit generic, but that's kind of nice actually. They're cool. They're, they're cool. It's nice. I mean. They're not meant to be. They're they're a race of slavers. Like, oh, we are opening with an alien slave escaping. Like, who? And then we immediately find out, oh, she's an alien princess slave escaping. Which, mm -hmm. and you know, she holds her own in a space battle, um, as she just you know shoots away at warp speed, basically away towards Earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, I forget also, do they say, they say, what, no, they don't say actually. Um, so yeah, so we're just getting the idea that um, obviously with the uh, the brackets around all of her dialogue that she is speaking in another language. Um, so, I, so I like that little touch that like, you know, it, it, is, it is an entirely non-English speaking character doing all yeah. of this at the beginning. So that's kind of cool. Um, I, love, into... I love the little touch in Starfire's design of her not having pupils. Um, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, very cool touch. It's a very nice touch, but we then cut over to actual Dick Grayson 
chapter um, one, the birth of the Titans. It says um, Dick Grayson is having nightmares about the about DC Comics presents twenty six, and so are we. Um, yes, <laughs> I mean it was where nightmares begin, Joey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the nightmare begins. This is it continuing. <laughs> but yeah, he, he wakes up and then there is an uh, there is a mysterious lady in his bedroom. And just, God, every time Raven is drawn in this, she just looks amazing. I love okay, this song. It's it's this great like it's this great powerful entrance. I know, like the face is a little not young looking. Well, yeah. yeah. However, it's like she's she's basically like, hey, you need to form a new group of Teen Titans, you know. And I, you know, I I entered your brain so you could know me, which is bit bit invasive. Yeah. 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 Um, but Dick then calls up uh, Wally um, and uh, let's see we, what we... Uh, well, we find out that Wally has quit the superhero biz, biz as he says. Um, he's uh, he's he's not going. Uh, he's not going to join the te- uh, join the Titans. Uh, Dick says, "All right, Wally, thanks anyway." Um, we also find out that day. Dick Grayson dropped out of college. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting because, you know, it's obviously, for the most part, comic characters just don't grow up as comics come out. But at the time that he was introduced, Dick Grayson was very young. He was still, uh, he was still, I don't know, probably like 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there when he was first created. So to actually like put him at this age where he's, where he has not only been to college, but he has dropped out of college. And uh, he's still living with Bruce Wayne, who does get an appearance here. Uh, yeah. Bruce Wayne gets a one-panel appearance. Uh, smoking a pipe. Dick. Yes, smoking a pipe. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Dick goes out. Um, uh, Dick is kind of like snarky with him, though. Says, uh, uh, help, not at all, Bruce. This is one thing I can handle by myself. And um, he goes out on his little motorcycle with the giant Robin R on the side, because of course he does. Yeah, we meet okay. up with. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I love the design of the Robin cycle. Like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> it is. It is so camp. It is like. It, it is adorable. It's okay. adorable. What? Um, yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we. 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 He is led to Wonder Girl. Um, again, the character who I didn't know anything about. Um, but we do get a nice little bit of her backstory here. Um, that basically she was a, a girl in a uh, in a burning building where she was saved by Wonder Woman and then raised um, on Paradise Island, which I'm guessing that's just the mascara. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's gone by multiple names over time. Yeah, doesn't doesn't know her parents, and she grew up to basically be a superhero, which yeah. is it's cool. It's nice. I. Well, she isn't like my favorite character here, mainly because I don't think she gets enough focus. There um, is an entire arc centered around her in the next volume. So, oh, okay, cool. yeah, I, I think it's a good like two or three issues all on Paradise Island. Yeah, because I have not read that arc. I yeah, have only read so, volume one. Yeah, um, and since we're doing volume two next, it's not a big spoiler to say, yeah. obviously. But like Robin swoops in. Garfield Logan is there. He is horny. That he is. That is the trend. Okay, okay, it's so weird. Because, like, they call him out on his sexism at multiple points throughout this book, right? I think at the time the idea was that if you call out the sexism, then that's okay. But they never do anything about it. 
I can imagine almost like a sad trombone laugh track type thing. Oh, definitely. That that's that's a lot of his character. But it's weird because Gar does get like some some moments to shine later on, which we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, for now he's just he's the horny one. Uh, I so do like started... his design. It's a it's a fun design. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, some as someone familiar with the purple and black, do we like the red and white? Um, it's it it suits the era. Like mm. it would not have suited the two thousand three cartoon aesthetic. I'm sorry. Oh, I agree. I like, agree. Um, I also do think a character in purple on this team would have actually been nice here. I mean, we have Starfire, obviously, but I think there's a bit too much red on the overall team aesthetic. That's true. Cause you ha- yeah, so, cause you have are these three um, mm-hmm. and there's and red then, on oh, Wally yeah. West. And then, yeah. And then kid flash comes in who just kind of decides that he wants to be here now. Well, uh, but there's a, re- there is a reason for that. Yeah. It's because reason. Raven told him to. Yeah. This is this is one of many examples of Wally West motivation literally being Raven wants me to do it, so I'm going to do it. Like, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, nothing could I mean, have prepared me for the levels of horny that these people are. See, I'm not even sure if it's necessarily horny, though, because I think the implication is that it's it's Raven putting Wally under her spell. Oh, that too, which is also terrifying. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like just the sheer power of Raven is uh, is really a lot of the focus here in Volume One. But anyway, so we have started to assemble our Titans. We have uh, Beast Boy. It's gonna be hard to not call him Beast Boy. The Changeling. Um, I don't it's know why Beast that name. Cha- I don't know why that name change was made. It's so weird. Uh, you, uh, the Changeling. I have a Robin. guess. I have a guess because boy makes him sound like a kid. Like, because it's not Robin the Boy Wonder. It's Robin the Teen Wonder. Yeah, I guess. I get. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but we have the Changeling, we have Robin, Kid Flash, and Wonder Girl on our way. That's half of, no, little over half of our team. Um, and we get our first look at Cyborg here. First off, as someone that's recently watched Zack Snyder's Justice League for the first time, do we like the aesthetic, the the whole hoodie thing? I think that's very that's very much what that thing in, in Zack Snyder's Justice League was inspired by. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, my God, he's so angry. <laughs> And you know it's kind of it's kind of justified oh, even yeah. more than it was. Well, I mean it was justified in or in origin, but it's yeah. equally justified here. Well, like, I mean, or, origin ramps up Silas's dickishness, but yeah. this, I think, the fact that that origin is a bit more shrouded sort of leaves it open to like you know just how horrific it can be. I mean, and it is horrific. Like one, the design helps that you can still see a lot of like human bits mm-hmm. like like ooh, that that adds to say so that much. he is that, to say that he has mostly lost his vital organs you know more than just most of his body yeah like like it, the implication being like his limbs are gone half his half his head is is gone um and probably some stuff with like his heart but that's about it like the rest of him is still there um and you have, I love the origin of his superhero name just being that his father calls him a cyborg. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where he gets the name from. Uh, Raven, as she does so well on this uh, issue, she just comes up to him and says, hey, you need to be a Teen Titan. Okay, out. Um, well, not even <laughs> out, as everyone else is there now. 
Um, yeah, they all join in. Um, we're still missing a key member, but Raven says, hey, we need to go get our final member, our, our final Titan. She's arrived on Earth, uh, but her pursuers are close behind. We must hurry, my friends. We must find our final member before she is slain. Um, and uh, so we go over to Chapter 2, New York Nightmare. Um, I don't know. I always thought these, uh, these aliens here looked kind of uh, parademon-esque. Kind of, yeah. The parademons, would they have been a thing by this point? Uh, yeah. Because they're a Kirby creation, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But we get we get some very nice action. Um, there's actually a really good job done of it not feeling like they're a team. Like, yeah, yeah. Like they really do. You know, there is still friction here. It's not like because all of our heroes are together; they're all going to act as a perfect unit now. Yeah, they are all terrible. Like, you you have the more experienced like established sidekicks uh doing you know a really good job um i love i love when when they allow beast boy to get creative with what he can do um (laughs) but yeah what happened like they they fight and raven is still just trying to find the final member um Mm -hmm. But he's already been taking out, taken away by these uh, these doctors, um, or not doctors, sorry, the, uh, just these two regular guys. Uh, this this Reg- couple. Regular guys. These Regular, uh, this well, one of them's a regular woman, the other one is, um, well, wasn't expecting that. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> right? Okay, so I, 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 we'll talk about it next issue, never mind, we'll yeah. talk about it next issue. Because um, Grant yeah, and so, Carol. And Grant like, and Carol, yeah. Um, so here, yeah, so, uh, they're, they're looking after Starfire, they have found her, uh, meanwhile, these aliens that were hunting her down come after her, uh, Raven comes in, stops these aliens, um, I like, I really like the way that all of their dialogue is written, just this different alien, t- uh, language that they're, that they're writing yeah. out here. It, cool. it, it kind of looks like math. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool, very, very different, I like it. Yeah, um, and, and, and Raven tries to calm Starfire down, uh, it doesn't quite work. Uh, you know, uh, luckily, uh, Kid Flash bursts in at the last moment, uh, mm-hmm. before everyone else bursts in, and suddenly they are sucked through, like, a wormhole? As you into, do. Into space? Again. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. It's great. Um, and, like, Again, this is where you get some really a really good establishment of, of Wonder Girl's powers using using the lasso to like help everyone stay not being flown into space. Um, and then Grant is pissed because they busted up his place and it's totally their fault and he's ruined uh, their lives. Uh, we learned his name is Grant Wilson. Put a pin in that. We will talk about it in a minute. That we will. Um, yeah. Uh, people have Starfire's Starf- been captured. Um, she uh, she's locked up by these aliens. Uh, Raven comes in, then uh, brings up uh, brings the rest of the Titans up here. We hang on. I skipped a page by accident. Anyway, here. Hey, the rest of the Titans come in. Nice action sequence here. Very cool. Um, we uh, we're in here. What is it? Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, so I like this here. Actually, we we use cyborg's technology as like an active part of this, which I, I, yeah. I think is just a nice little touch. Um, he's able to um, uh, hang on. He basically interfaces uh, with uh, with 
the with the spaceship to make it malfunction is the implication mm-hmm. that his father apparently trained him to do um which which makes all all kinds of like different implications about like what happened after Vic became the cyborg yeah. and, you know what what Silas wanted from him after that point yeah um and then you have changeling coming in uh to as a mouse as a mouse <laughs> Uh, with this, I love this quip. Is the Pope Polish? <laughs> I find that hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um. Um, but yeah. So uh, so so he goes, he goes in there. He chews up a wire or uh, yeah, rewires this thing. Um, they get star. They blow up the ship. Um, aliens, of course, vow their revenge as they will. Um, and we have our Titans together now. Everyone's here. Yeah. All seven members. The team is officially formed, though of course. They're not quite a team yet, and so, some of them don't even know each other's names. Yes, like, and um, and meanwhile, we end the issue. Grant Wilson watches from afar. Um, says there they are, the ones I told you about. A voice off to the side says, "You want them destroyed, Grant? Very well. The hive shall see that your wishes become reality." Um, bum bum bum, bum bum bum, indeed. Next today, the Terminator. Be yeah. here. Um, so, so issue two issue two i so did you know that we have the slade wilson in this very first volume okay no <laughs> and you know what i here's the thing here's them like oh his name's grant wilson it just went over my head just went over my fucking head <laughs> That's great. Um, so here we are, issue two. This is a big one, obviously. He is not Deathstroke at this time. He has a different name. He's called the Terminator. Well, he's called he's called Deathstroke, comma the Terminator. Yes. Um, but I imagine that got well, changed you can tell, like, that, that's that's the name they wanted to stick, and it was changed for obvious reasons. God. Damn you, nineteen eighty four. Damn you, James Cameron. Uh, but yeah, okay. I think it's actually interesting, like, you have a person who could be Deathstroke on the cover, uh, like, like kind of a Deathstroke-esque design. Did you know who Ravager was? Um, Were you able to put this together at all? Because I know you watched Arrow Season 2, and there's a version of Ravager in there. There are multiple Ravagers, I should say. Ah, because this one is, well, we'll find out. Because I believe the one in Arrow Season 2 was a play on the Rose Wilson Ravager. Um, the the idea is that any Ravager is some, probably somehow related to, to Slade Wilson. To, to Slade Wilson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also you'll find out that Slade Wilson has a lot of fucking kids. Well, I mean, he's very old. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like just a lot of fucking kids. Like oh. a really weird amount of fucking kids. Um, <laughs> it's, it's weird. Yeah. I love the preview, that this preview is a very nice, like, I didn't even clock it as a preview, because it kind of is, kind of isn't, because, like, after, like, after the page, the the scene just continues very Mm -hmm. nicely. Like, he wants to be paid in advance, and they won't do it, so the Hive, and I was aware of the Hive, because the Hive was in the, um, the cartoon show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, (laughs) I love, it's like, concealed machine guns! And a grenade. I love this action. <laughs> right. It's, it's oh, it's so over the top. I love it. It's brilliant. Um, but uh, what do we think of uh, Deathstroke's design here? Uh, this is the very first Deathstroke costume, and his very first, and his very first appearance ever. 
Like, I, I, you said you didn't even know that this was in here. Like, how did that feel just to just to open up and be like, oh, shit, this is the first time this character ever appeared? You know, for a character who would become kind of so linked because of the Judas contract, because mm-hmm. I know he's a he's a big part of the Judas contract. Like, yeah, I thought a, lo- that... a lot of a lot of his a- anytime we see Deathstroke like from here on it, it'll probably tie into judas contracts contract somehow you like that's a lot of the culmination of the new teen titans up to that yeah. point well i thought that was his first appearance oh no yeah no, 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 like no, no, i knew no. he was created for this run i wasn't expecting it to be the second issue oh yeah yeah this dude's like, been here since the beginning yeah like, yeah he's, he's there at the beginning again it's probably why it didn't click but like <laughs> <laughs> that there's a guy with the last name Wilson here. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and it's not meant to click because no one had heard the name Slade Wilson at this point. Yeah. Um, also, the, oh, the design I, is iconic. Again, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's fucking brilliant. Like, I really, really love it. Um, so, so cool. I remember uh, they had this uh, this costume as a playable skin in Injustice when it first came out. Ah. And uh, oh, my God. I, I just, I remember I played the shit out of that. Oh, it was so cool. Um, anyway, so yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so he, uh, he escapes from the hive, uh, he breaks down a door with one kick, and, uh, <laughs> it seems to be a giant metal door. Uh, yeah. That's a wood. Yeah, no, yeah, he just crushes that in. Yeah, because it, it crushes inward. Wood doesn't crush like that. Wood breaks. And yeah. Hive is like, ah, we can duplicate his powers. Mm. Um, also interesting that there are seven Hive members. Um, a nice little parallel there. Yeah. The 17 yeah. Titans. Yep. Um, and we cut back to Grant and Carol. Again, wasn't really expecting this to be so serialized. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, seriously. But also, man, I, yeah, I like I like that we're at this point already, but man, Grant Wilson's reason for hitting the Titans is really flimsy. <laughs> it's, it's, oh no. They, they, they fucked his house. Like, they fucked his house and fucked his relationship with his girlfriend. A little though, bit. Even though, even though he's the one who fucked his relationship with his girlfriend, like that is obvious, um, and it's not even like I don't think it's not even his apartment. It's her apartment. Yeah. So like, she she tells okay. him to go. She tells him to go, and he's gonna. He's, we're gonna get you know some. Uh, he's he's you know gonna do some not very good things, and then Starfire, who doesn't understand English at this point, just blasts him. Like, yep, I love like, it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, just, I just, I love the pure anger of Starfire throughout yeah, these early she's issues. She's just rage. Yeah, ab- just pure constant, un- concentrated rage. I love it. I, I also um, like how how they already are kind of trying to make a relationship between Starfire and Donna Troy. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they become one of my favorite parts of this. Yeah, it's it's it's, um, it's nice, even though like they don't understand each other. Um, uh, Lena Wayne was an editor on this, right? Yes. Yeah, he was. He, he yeah, was okay, the that, editor. Yeah, that is okay. I was. Uh, yeah, uh, the editor. Um, uh, you know who that is? I know he's like. I know he's a prolific name. Didn't he? Uh, he didn't he, he, he? He's 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 created a lot of famous comic characters. Um, probably one of his big bigger claims to fame is uh, creating Swamp Thing. That's that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I also didn't. Isn't he also? I know he also wrote an episode of the animated series. I think. Did he? Uh, yeah, I think. Seriously, I think. Wait, what? Wait, I didn't know that. Wait, I unless, think. You know, I might have I might have mentioned it once and just not clocked it. Not well, clocked it. Yeah. Huh? I did not know that. I want to look that up as we continue. Oh, like this. a lot of people, a lot of people who re- created a lot of these characters ended up working 
in like the DC animated TV stuff. Yeah. At, at some point. Um, uh, oh, he wrote Moon of the Wolf. Oh, he wrote a couple. Wait, hold up. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. He wrote Moon of the Wolf, Off Balance. I love Off Balance and uh, bl- uh, Blind as a Bat. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, like a lot of these names I've seen because I pay attention to credits. Um, you know, I usually do too. And I don't know why I never clocked that. Because <laughs> you're not expecting it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And also probably because I'm just so acclimatized to those episodes. Like, I, like I've watched Batman the Animated Series, like the entire thing many times and i just it's probably just second nature to to not clock those names at this point yeah okay so uh yeah anyway so wally comes in uh and it's like right we gotta go there's an emergency down by the docks and it's uh it's like oh you're gonna i love the i love the narrator like yeah, yeah. Uh, we're looking at this next page. The the Titans are a new team. Felt formed less than a week ago, but they already move as one. That was yes. that. <laughs> yeah, it's love that. It, it, well, but it's it's like it's like it's Wolfman. This is this is just Marv Wolfman. Like, yeah. Also, the the narrator was a bit more of a commonplace thing at this time. This is like towards the end of its regular status within comics. Yeah, but still, it still it still gives it a nice flair. Um, yeah, yeah, it's nice to have there. Also, uh. Beast Boy making a Wizard of Oz reference. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, there's, you know, again, a lot of a lot of quips, some action, another great moment of Starfire blowing stuff up. Uh, it's like, yeah, she does so well. She, and, and, she uh, and then... Uh, we build, <laughs> we pushes, build, and then suddenly... Suddenly Robin pushes her out of the way to save her, and... Um, uh, and Robin says, uh, have you noticed Flasher? Starfire seems to relish violence. She says something in an alien language. He says, if only she could speak our language. If only we could talk to her. And then she just fucking kisses him. <laughs> and then she kisses and him. I love, I just, I don't know. I love this idea. Like, it's, it's, it may have been born of some Wolfman Perez horniness, but I don't know. I love this idea that an alien. Born. That may have been born. Joey, these men are both horny. Jacob. May I say I, okay? It was. I still I still say this though. I love this because I just I love the idea of an alien that communicates with other races by kissing them to assimilate their language. Like yeah, I mean yeah, it's just a also, really fun little sci-fi idea. It's cool. Also, the kiss goes on for multiple panels. Yes, like, <laughs> it's like it, it's like the kiss. The kiss plus a reaction from Wally and Changeling. More reaction from Changeling, who is horny. Uh, and again, it's Steinfeld. He's like, just, just shut up, Gar. Shut up. Stop being so horny. <laughs> she is the I love horny, this. Please. I love this. Um, all right, uh, moving on. Also, uh, also, it's funny. Physical contact. I simply absorbed your language. Yeah, you had to kiss me to do that. Not really, but it was certainly more enjoyable this way. <laughs> love it i can see what you, you know you know i know i love dick and barbara but also but you dick can see barbara. why that why this caught on too like this is equally yeah. this is equally as valid yep yeah uh, this this is another big one this wait this barbara there's another big dick one uh oh my god fucking another big dick <laughs> oh god damn it um what am i trying to think of Wonder Girl, maybe I don't know. No, uh, well, eh, no. 
I don't know who who else would would there be? Like these are the <sighs> these are the two. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, so we get past the scene. Uh, let's see. Vic is kind of pissy. Uh, Deathstroke uh, I, is watching them. Deathstroke. Is I watching. do love. I do love how Garth Hornies is like. Listen, I know French. How about German, Chinese? Just like English will do for now. <laughs> it's like you are pathetic. <laughs> but yeah, they they are being watched. Deathstroke. Uh, Deathstroke. Deathstroke calls his uh, his little assistant uh, Wintergreen. Do you know Wintergreen at all? Is he a butler? He looks like a butler. He's a butler, secretary type person. He was also an Arrow, actually. Um, uh, they they gave, uh, they called him Billy Wintergreen in that. He was part of the flashbacks on the island. Ah. Um, he was the first guy to wear that sort of Deathstroke mask in the flashbacks. Do you remember that character? Vaguely, yeah. That was that was that was meant to be Wintergreen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, close family friend of Deathstroke's is the idea. Um, he's sort of like a man of the inside for Slade. Uh, yes. Meanwhile, have, Hive is Hive is over here working on Grant. Um, they want him to destroy the Titans. Uh, meanwhile, Starfire or not Starfire, fucking Raven, Raven, Raven is, is communicating is communicating with some devil shit, and that's great. yeah, with some mysterious devil features. Yes, uh, which backfires on her, and she just sort of falls into Wally West's house or yes. slash yeah house. Uh, Again, you know. again, I would take this scene as Raven knowing that Wally is the most easily easy to manipulate. And uh, oh, it doesn't take much. No, nope. doesn't take much. But we then have some very nice character. I, work. Okay, I love the way you describe this next scene to me. It what, is, how did you describe it to me, Jacob? It is an anime beach episode. There we go. That is, that is what this is. That it absolutely is. And much like an anime beach episode, it is here for one reason and one reason only. Because Marv Wolfman and George Perez had too much time on their hands. Um, <laughs> they, they they hint at a naked starfire. Yeah. No, not hint. That's just straight up there. Covered by her massive hair. Covered by her hair. <laughs> they are so horny. But, like, okay, they're horny, but at least they give some good character dynamics. Yeah, oh yeah, the character d- d- dynamics are there. Um, it's also just, I don't know, it's it's not as egregious as an anime beach episode. No, no, I this is still comparison. 1980, and this still has to be submitted to the Comics Code Authority. Yeah, um, but again, also, the editors of the Comics Code Authority, I don't think would have an issue with this at the time. <laughs> Oh no, definitely not. It was it was the eighties. Yeah. Um. Gar literally turns into a wolf at one point. Yeah. <laughs> just just to hell. <laughs> wait, is he? I'm just, wait. Is he naked? No. His clo- Okay, so he's he's not naked. Okay. Because I was like, because like they have one panel of him as like human Gar. Yeah. And yeah, he, like you know, I love the way they do Wally's entrance. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's in the Kid Flash costume, and then he changes it. It, it changes like super speed, and then jumps into the water. It's very yeah. cool. I was done across those four panels. Very nice. Very, very nice. Um, but the only person not there of the team, well, other than Raven, is Cyborg. Yes, uh, Cyborg is talking with Silas, and uh, the oh man, the angst is there. The angst is there, and what's nice is that Wolfman is like, hey. The angst is valid, but also Silas is t- genuinely, you know, trying to help. Yeah, at this point. And is which, dying. Yeah, 
I mean, have, do they establish this at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, the, the accident that forced me to rebuild him is also costing me my life. Um, and it's it's so, so nice. Um, but then the Ravager bursts in. Yes, um, this is uh, Grant Wilson, now super-powered like his father. <clears throat> He comes in to try to fight Cyborg. Uh, With, again, the flimsiest motivations. It's like... Yeah, you, you fucked up my house. That's it. It's, it's you no, fucked no, up not, my not house. Even, not even my house. Not even my yeah, house. Yeah, you fucked up my girlfriend's house. And, th- and then the funny part is, like, they already established that Donna helped her find a new apartment. Like... Yeah. And it's like, dude, you're just an asshole. Like... You, 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 you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, it's like, what, you Black Titans have pushed Grant Wilson around long enough. It's like, no, they didn't. Um, but Cyborg <laughs> uses his, uh, his, uh, his, his, his white noise cannon, which, so cool. Nice to see that some things don't change even across all the time between this no. and the 52. Like, that's still Cool there. shit is still cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and we go... Back to the anime beach episode. Um. Uh, Cyborg escapes from the fight, comes in to warn uh, the anime beach episode of what's going on. I love how they um, called Robin Batboy. Yeah, Batboy, you just said a mouthful. I love that. And then some more uh, wording of, let, not even wording, lettering of of Cyborg's dialogue. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, that, that's that's the one thing that just kind of irked me about this. Yeah, doesn't, it's, it's not great. Yeah. Doesn't age great. Um, uh, meanwhile, Slade finds that his uh, his son has been injured. He uh, and he it was at this up. point where my brain's like, "Oh right, they're both Wilsons." Oh seriously, you, oh, it, it took me this long. I thought you realized like by the beginning of this issue when you saw the death no. stroke was here. <laughs> no, I still oh didn't it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but again, it makes it All an right, interesting so. like father son parallel, especially considering the Titans are very much. Parent-child parallels, basically. Yeah. Uh, yep. And you know, it's like uh, you, you you don't feel for Grant really, even though you kind of want to, but you kind of don't because he's just an asshole. But his dad's like, "Oh my god, you're gonna die." You're yeah. So so he decides to go out and help his son. Um. Uh. Right. Well. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's yeah. So they're gonna go and, and the hive is just using them to get like to get Deathstroke to do their shit free of charge. Yep. Um, you know it's, uh, and you know he tries he tries to, he tries to destroy the Titans. They both they both they both fight. Uh, they don't really fight as a team all that well. Um, no one does. Like it's everyone, everyone who does stuff, and then but like. Grant is hit with, I think, a, with, with a Starbolt from Starfire, and it, like, ages him. Yeah, which I think it's implied that it's not so much a result of Starfire hitting him as it is the uh, the powers that he was given by the Hive. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so it's ages him to death. Uh, Slade still blames us, of course, on the Titans, which makes sense, technically. But Ra- Raven also has... Has this nice little like you know see for yourself the results of your handiwork, mm-hmm. uh, like it's it's this it's this fascinating idea, right? Um, and like uh, like like Slade just leaves him as basically like I will be I'll be back mm-hmm. essentially, 
also like like because then we get this you know one page epilogue which is i love this epilogue oh it's so good um i was not expecting slade wilson to be that old yeah oh yeah yeah he's always been that old in the comics yeah they never really do young slade wilson i think the only adapted version of slade wilson that even makes him young is arrow is it's probably it. Arrow, yeah, yeah, because um, because even when Joe Manganiello did the the post credit scene in Justice League, like they still made his made his hair white. Um, yeah, and, and you know, Ar- Arkham Deathstroke has white hair, even though there's a ten year gap between Origins and Night. Which, yeah, I I, I don't know. <laughs> Once again, timelines and comics make no sense. Yeah, uh, even in comic video games. Yeah, yeah, uh, but no, I love this. Like, like we create like a genuine. Uh, reason for Slade to hate the Titans himself now, and because uh, like his son is dead, and it's indirectly their fault. Um, mm-hmm. Despite like Grant being flimsy, like his reasoning being flimsy for hating the Titans, now Slade has genuine reason. Like yeah, because he's dead because of the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, and that basically ends the issue, and we move on. Issue three. Love the cover. I mean, all the covers oh, are great. Yeah, the covers are great. I love the, Okay. This is where it starts to slow down a bit. Like. Uh, yeah. Okay, but you know Dr. Light? Do, yeah. You do, because yeah. of Superman the Animated Series. Yeah. No, it's, it's not this Dr. Light, is it? Uh, is it? Um, there are multiple Dr. Lights. I don't know. I don't, it's been a while since I watched the Superman episodes. I don't know if it's meant to be the same... I don't think it is. I don't think so. But still, a Doctor Light. Like you get the idea, of the idea of the character. Yeah. Um, but enter the fearsome five. It says. Um, so some of these characters I think you'll know from the cartoon, though. The cartoon. Yeah. Uh, some of them I I don't think the cartoon does. Or no, if, no. Or if they do, it's not the same design. Uh, no, definitely not. Um, so I I think we could skip over this first actual Titan scene. It's just some generic like you know ooh, here's how the team is doing well it establishes that starfire's from tamaran um mm-hmm. like it took us this long to establish where she's from which uh, i mean i don't, I don't think it, that's a bad thing and no it's, it's, more just, well, it's, it's more it's more just it's a yeah. nice slow burn character development that runs through this entire book that i like yeah um, yeah because it's it's at this point where the action doesn't work as well um because yeah we you did, have uh, we then meet the Fearsome Five here, uh, which is uh, Dr. Light, of course. We have Simon, which I think is a great pun. I just, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. Um, we have Gizmo, who you should know from the cartoon. Who I do know. Yes. Uh, we have uh, Shimmer, and then Mammoth, who is also in the cartoon. Yes. Yes. So, so I don't think, that, that's like the one design I think that, that was changed the most. Yeah, well, I mean, Gizmo also wasn't like that in the cartoon. That. Yeah. Yeah, Gizmo was a child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a child. He was he was just a, a flying child. <laughs> um I will say I kind of one of my issues is that like a lot of these characters, because this is one issue with five villains, they don't get a whole lot of time to shine. I mean uh, that's why they bring them back later. So. Yeah. But like it's it's quick, like, here are these people, here are their powers. Like Dr. Light does light powers. Simon doesn't say what his powers are, but because of the brain, he's he's a psychic character. Uh, mm-hmm. Gizmo is is you know the d- d- engineer, super engineer. Uh, Shimmer d- d- doesn't matter transmutations. 
And, and mammoth, mammoth is strong. Mammoth <laughs> is strong, man. He is strong. Um, yeah, so basic villain setups. Just, I don't know, kind of cool to have like a a team to, to more directly oppose. Because we have the Hive set up in the last issue as, as a larger team threat for the Titans. But this is a more direct threat for the Titans. I'd and and these, these characters have faces. The Hive yeah. don't have faces. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Hive, Hive, is, Hive is more set up for later. This is a direct threat for now. Um, meanwhile, uh, Corey gives her backstory. Uh, we have. I love this. I love the way, especially the first panel is drawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I, with with Corey's like that silhouette. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the the, the, the the bordering of the panels themselves. Yeah, um, following it, like how she's uh, sitting on the roof there next to all those sort of green leaf uh, uh, framed panels. Like, it's very nice looking. Yeah. Uh, and I forget, in the cartoon, do they go into her, into Corey's backstory much or no? Well, they do Blackfire. They do Blackfire, but she's obviously not involved at all here in this backstory. Yeah, I don't now. entirely think they do the slaving stuff, just because... It's kind of heavy to do for a kids show in 2003. Yeah, yeah. But then assume that, you know, slaving was a bit much for typically um, regarded as kids comics at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, who's to say? Who's to say? Um, but yeah, so we get that. Uh, that was yeah, very nice her, to see. Her dad sells her into slavery while one of her siblings is in, and her mother's like, no, she's a child. Don't do it. And it's like, no, too bad. We're we're taking her away. Yep. Uh, yeah, and it's it's what a bad story. It's, that, it's that, that, hard, and that, and that and that is not the last heavy backstory Wolfman and Perez will write. <laughs> no, that's not even the last heavy backstory that we will get in this volume. Yeah, like, I mean, God, we're, I'm assuming we're both talking about Raven right now. Yup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Raven oh, is. The, is speaking That's... of Raven, she shows up. It's like there's an emergency. Um, yes. And we have to go fight the fearsome five for the first time. And we get here, and there's a fearsome five fight. What else is, do you want? <laughs> it is a fight. It is again. Again, they're not really do, working as a team yet. Uh, I I argue they won't start working as a team until like the very end of this volume. Like, yeah. that's the climax of this volume is them working as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love that Dr. Light is kind of a match for Starfire because of both, like, kind of energy light-based powers. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a fight. They basically get defeated. Everyone gets knocked out. Raven does the thing where she just, she just goes off, goes away. She, she talks to a pentagram. Yeah, well, I like this sort of distrust of Raven because, like, she's the one character who we don't know, like, yeah. any backstory. Everyone else, like, all the other new characters that like, we have their full backstories already. Um, yeah. Raven, we have not delved into yet. And obviously, you know, this is 1980. The Satanic Panic hadn't probably properly started, but the seeds uh, yeah. were there. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it, it still used it in, like, a, a threatening way, as in, like, you know, this could still be a really bad thing. We don't know to fully trust Raven yet. Yeah. And, I mean, it's also kind of suspicious that, like, Wally's just the one that just trusts her and constantly defends her, even though she kind of leaves them in the lurch. Um, but yeah. Uh, 
And another another interesting interesting thing uh, is that we then cut to Cyborg. Uh, yeah. With another scene with Silas just sort of reestablishing that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Once again, telling the audience that he's dying. Um, uh, with also uh, ending with a letter. Yes, uh, uh, saying that he is cordially invited to the opening of Titan's Tower. Uh, be there tomorrow at noon, location and map enclosed. So here we are, Titan's Tower. Uh, it is officially a part of the main series now. Uh, we don't know who brought this about yet. We don't know who built it, who paid you for wanna it. Know, you'll want to know who who like my suspect was, surprisingly. Who? Bruce Wayne. You know, I thought you were going to say that for, for some reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a billionaire. Is it, also poss- is, it also, is it also possibly because Batman's on the next page? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, we have the team at Titan's Tower. Um, Raven. Uh, warning them. And uh, again, another scene of Wally West defending Raven. Yeah, is what it is. Uh, Raven gives some of her backstory. Yes, uh, we see what the late 70s, early 80s Justice League is like. What did you think of this lineup? Honestly, it's a good... Okay. It's a really cool lineup. I've read a couple couple, like single issues of of this specific lineup that I have physically, and uh, they're a really cool team. I love this team. It's it's definitely a cool team. My only, like, one complaint is, like, Superman should also be there. Uh, like, I he he was in and out on this team, um, oh, okay. at least in the issues that I've read from this time. But like these are the main six. Even then, the Atom wasn't there all the time. Um, yeah, but, but Zatanna, point, like, why isn't Zatanna typically a, a leaguer more often? Like, I love I love that. I love her inclusion on this. I mean, team. It's a, it's a great it's a it's a great team, and like, I it feels so different from like what is now like the this is what the Justice League is. Mm-hmm. That it works, yeah. But like not so different. Like you have a nice list of bigger names. Like you have Batman, Wonder Woman, and I'm assuming Green Lantern was a fairly big name at this point. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I know he at least at this point had what that that the, the Green Lantern Green Arrow book. Um, yep. And then you have some less well-known characters, but like. Still characters who I mean, who I imagine would at least have a cult following, at least with Zatanna, because she's a character who's just always kind of been like she appeared in the animated series. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, just cool to have her here. Uh, cool to have that whole team there. We also have um, the first mention of Trigon. Yes. Yes. Uh, obviously, as someone in the, uh, familiar with the cartoon, you know who Trigon is already. Yes. Um, I knew what was coming. Yes. Um, yes. Didn't know to quite quite to what extent, though, did you? No, no. It, <laughs> yeah. it, there was some loops, though, and I'm like, oh, oh, again, it's why, like, the last few issues of this are utterly brilliant. Yeah. Um, I just dropped something. Sorry if you heard that. <laughs> but yeah, you it's like, oh, it's going to be blamed on the Justice League. So, you know, the Fearsome Five. They start fighting with each other. Um, I think my favorite of them might be Simon, partially because of the pun, partially because he's just kind of extra. Yeah, yeah, and also he get, he he gets surprisingly a lot to do on this team. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. of all the characters to really focus in on, Simon is the one. <laughs> S- Simon is the one. Also, okay, again, why does the team, the new Teen Titans, just like immediately accept? They have a headquarters. 
yeah. I, I mean, it's yeah. Um, I mean, they, they do explain it. It just it doesn't get an explanation for a while. <laughs> for a while, no. Uh, but yeah, they go off to fight the fearsome five, and Raven's like, "No, don't stop." We we convince the Justice League to help, uh, and of course, it kind of all goes badly. Again, they're not fighting as a team, which I think is one really nice thing. Mm-hmm. That but Wolf again, and, that Wolfman and Prez like continue to build upon. Yeah, they they build like. Also, Wally stays behind, but like they all get tied up, captured, lights knocked out, um, attacked, and we we. It, like Wally then goes in because it's like, yeah, I have to help my friends because, you know, conflict. He gets knocked out and the issue ends with Raven's like spectral form being like, you know, I haven't any choice now. And even though the one the, they once scorned me, I must again visit the orbiting satellite headquarters of the Justice League of America. Yes. Oh, uh, I love it. Oh, what an ending. I, I, I was it. I was not expecting like the Justice League to play a big part in yeah. this. Leading into like probably my favorite cover of this whole volume. I fucking love this next cover. Um, I love what the cover represents. Like, yeah. The yeah. cover really represents the mission statement mm-hmm. of this run as like these are a next generation of heroes. Something mm-hmm. that will come back. I mean, something that I think current DC, as we speak, are doing with Dark Crisis, as far as I can tell. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, like, I just read. I just read Justice League seventy five at the time of recording this. I'm really excited to see where it goes. I'm really, really excited. And it, um, it all and has with, char- with characters like John Kent and Jace Fox on the horizon. Like, I'm so, so excited to see the future of DC right now. It's very, very cool. And it all has its roots. In this book. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Love. Oh, what fucking history. It's so cool. Anyway. Um, I do love the opening pages with the Justice League. Like this entire prologue of issue four. Um, yeah. It's very, very cool. That and then we get like the actual Temple Azeroth, which is such a cool design. Oh, I don't know god, why. Yeah. Look at that. That is just pure like pure concentrated Perez. Yeah. Like, look at that. That is like, amazing. Um, yeah, like if like if we ever do um like George Perez's Wonder Woman, like the way he draws like the mascara and Paradise Island and that, like that, I you could see like the beginnings of that here. It's so cool the way he draws like big palaces and uh, and landscapes. I just also, I love he it. he it's just so manages nice. like group shots really nicely. Like yeah. like despite issue three. A lot of the action bogging it down. It looks nice. This looks yeah. gorgeous. Uh, we've let's be honest. We lost a legend. Like I've only read oh this from him. We lost a legend. Like and there is so much more to delve like, into. Like, I got the, so when so in 2015 when Terry Pratchett died. Um, that was right around the time I was getting into Pratchett's work, mm-hmm. and that hit me hard with this. Yeah. Because I read this before Perez's death. You like, read well, no, you read only a few issues before he died. Yeah, right? but <clears> even <throat> then, like it hurt. It it like yeah. I probably read like about half of it. Yeah, and, I, I think you were like right at this point. Yeah, past. And um, I mean, hey, it's yeah, just if if I'm not sure if you were on this issue in particular, but like this is such a great issue for his art alone. Um, you really see just what a fucking talent we had. Um, yeah. 
so brilliant. I love this next page where we see like Raven sort of falling. Uh, like, like you start off with like her pained expression. You go into like that full body shot. The colors there are gorgeous. It's so so nice. And she isn't as sexualized as, as other artists might have done. Like yeah yeah. Hell, I mean, even even with a character like Starfire, whose design is naturally provocative, um, it it's not drawn in that way typically. Yeah, it's not like, say, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Fifty Two, <sighs> which, which I do panels. love. I do love Red Hood and the Outlaws, except for Starfire. I'm I Red Hood Arsenal is a much better series. Scott Lobdell is a good writer, cannot write Starfire. I swear, I think that's like about the third time I've gone on that tangent in this yes. in this podcast. <laughs> uh, no, but what I what I love, I love, I love this just mother daughter dynamic. Yep, we meet. Like, we don't really meet find out about about Raven's who Raven's mother like what. Oh, the trauma there because it's man, it is something. <laughs> it is something. It is something. But like this is this is really like the first human Raven that we've gotten. Like yeah. This is and the way she falls at the end of this and she's like it's like she struggles to no possible avail and she cries because because now that is all the girl named Raven can do. Uh, and we go into the next page, which it's taken this long to get to the title of this story against all odds on this brilliant, uh, almost full page here panel uh, where we see uh, Starfire, Robin, Cyborg and Wonder Girl standing there. And um, it's like everyone's safe. And I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? Like, my brain was like, what, what's going on here? This is wrong. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't just magic them. Then, you know, immediately on the next page, it's like, oh, they're being mind controlled. Yeah. Uh, um, I especially love uh, this, this next page when, when, like, Raven starts to realize this. And, uh, and, and, and the way, like... You'll see it a lot. Perez draws crying women really well, and this this, this is uh, one of those many examples. Um, I don't know. You really like feel like uh, like that expression from her. Um, the art in this issue, in particular, is so damn good. Um, you also get some some backstory on who Trigon was, and the first drawings of Trigon, and oh, that design. Yeah. Oh my god. That, that is a chilling design. I um, love it. Oh my god. Yeah, but, and you see, so, so you see, you know, everyone's being watched as, you know, as the Titans just go off to destroy the Justice League. Because mm-hmm. they are being mind controlled. As um, you do. Um, yeah, love that. Uh, they go off, to, uh, go off to the Watchtower here, which is very nice to see. Love the all-out fight that starts here. The dynamic between Robin and Batman here is great. But you, yeah. you sent me this one panel that you really loved. I love it. That's okay. very, something that's very easy to forget about classic Green Lantern is uh, is their weakness to the color yellow. Um, so Robin wraps his cape around Hal Jordan's Jordan fist. <laughs> I, I, and it's, 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 it's Pete comic book. It's, it's like, forget oh, so it, Lantern. Good. I know your power ring is useless against useless against anything yellow. That includes my cape. <laughs> like, oh, it's so good. I also, okay, I love how, despite the mind control, the tension between the characters seems real, especially between Dick and Bruce. Like, Yeah, oh my god, yeah. Like, yeah. Bruce as the imposing figure. All right, Robin, that's quite enough. Yeah, oh my god, so good. Um, 
and also because we're reading a Teen Titans book, you naturally want to feel like the Justice League are the ones being mind controlled here, um, but they're not. And it's, it's instead our protagonist. I think it's a really cool twist on that. Yeah, it's it's our prota- it's our protagonists. I like. I also love again. And of course, this is this is pre Dark Knight Returns being published, but post Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams at least a little bit. Uh, dur- during during during. So like, I mean, this... also keep in mind, even after the Denny O'Neill like era ended, he was still an editor for a very long time. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, because he's 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 still portrayed as a caring father in a way. It's like. Yeah. He, he he uses violence to try to subdue Robin, but it's also, listen to me, you're being used. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the tension between them is real, just because Robin's growing up. And... And this feels like natural character progression too. Something that wasn't like something that wasn't necessarily being showcased in, in regular Batman comics at the time. Marv Wolfman was doing the, doing doing the character work for Dick Grayson that um that a lot of other writers at the time weren't doing because we were ready to take Dick Grayson as a character to the next level. Like yeah, it's like it's if you're gonna allow a character to become a teenager, if you're going to call him the Teen Wonder, mm-hmm. allow him to be a teenager. Allow him to grow up. Let's examine what exactly would happen to a teenager teenage superhero mm-hmm. and i love it um yeah also uh the adam doing going into donna troy's ear yeah uh, giving her vertigo <laughs> yeah. um god you hear that what another motorcycle outside it was bad oh, i didn't i did not hear it hey the noise reduction is working sweet hey, it's working <laughs> uh yeah but i love again i love this fight raven shows up I love the tension between Raven and the Justice League because we'll eventually find out why, but because like Zatanna sensed evil on her. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, and this, and there's this great fake out where she's like, she turns them all to Ash and that wakes everybody up. So good. Yeah. Um, and of course, and, I love Raven hasn't done doesn't do physical fighting. I I love that aspect of her character. Mm-hmm. At least in other, this characters, other, other characters on the, on the team will like go in and like you know punch the bad guys, but punch the Justice League in this case. And Raven will just stop the fight like that. Yeah. Like it's so cool. Yeah, and using something an illusion or something clever. Yeah, something that like the TV show kind of did, but mm-hmm. they leaned a bit more into traditional like magic energy blasts. Which, yeah. I'm sure the character will eventually grow into that. Like, I I don't doubt that that came from somewhere. Uh, but yeah, it's this it's this great idea. And again, she just does it and disappears and then brings everyone to where. OK, I'm not entirely sure who these people are. I think they work for Trigon, don't they? They work for Trigon, are they? Yeah, so so they're the people who work for Trigon, and they're trying to summon Trigon, mm-hmm. and the the Justice League show up because uh, this is this is where it gets just a little messy. Like, yeah, yeah. A lot. The, if the art is clear, I think it, it may have been in Wolfman's directions. Wolfman's directions, as well as just a lot of this is one point where like a lot of like the older wordier style of comics kind of becomes a slight issue. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of stuff happening. Um, also, Starfire recognizes Hawkman as a Thanagarian. Yes. 
yeah again a so nice... showing that like you know this whole new alien race has been introduced into the dc world you know it has history with our other aliens yes but yeah like the, the fight happens and raven is trying to stop it and because of the fighting it doesn't work everyone's left defeated mm. um you know and, and the issue ends uh, one, I love this this bottom panel on 125. Yeah, uh, I see it. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, that was used as like the the, the title page, I think, for the volume, um, or like one of the title pages, like the, the uh, two pages. Or yes, uh, yeah, or no, the yeah, copyright page in the contents page. page. Okay, yeah, I knew it was used early on. It's <laughs> this this volume is gorgeous, especially for a paperback. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, like. Yeah. So much art. They did not have to do the introduction, but I'm so glad that they've done it. Oh, the introduction uh, is so good. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, you know, it's this idea. It's like we're, it's like the Justice League might have actually blown it. Uh, Trigon is free. It's implied that Bruce actually believes Dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, is slightly skeptical, but believes it, which again, I I really like that, that aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Especially since, you know, we, you know, we, we then end basically on, you know, Trigon is coming next mm-hmm. issue. Trigon lives. Yeah. We also know that, um, uh, we, we also find out here that Raven used her powers to, to force Wally to love her, to, to believe everything that she said. Uh, this causes a lot of, uh, the team to turn on Raven immediately. And, um, and she tries to other. warn them. Yeah, and she she tries to like plead with him one last time, you know, the, the, to to believe her because Trigon is coming. And here we are. This leads into New Teen Titans number five, <clears throat> probably one of the weaker covers of the collection, I'd say. Yeah. Well, also, this is the one issue. Yeah, I, I think it's the one issue, not drawn by Perez. Yes, this it is, is. Uh, Kurt Swan on Kurt Swan guest penciling, and it's not bad. It's not it, bad. It's, it's just it's clearly different. Yeah, it's just it's just not Perez. Yeah, like I, I think the first huge indicator here is that Starfire's hair is not massive. Oh yeah, her hair looks a lot smaller. Yeah, it does. It's very um, small. But yeah, it's this. We open with this uh, basically the recap, um, and now we have Raven and Trigon speaking with one another directly. Uh, you know, and they establish here that uh. Trigon's her father, or have they done... No, they haven't done that already. They haven't done that yet, but it's getting closer to implying it. Yeah. It's like, to me, listen to me, now, as always, we are enemies, and I swear I shall find a way to defeat you, even if I must die to see that you never kill again. Um, and he's, it's such a good threat. Like, Trigon's a really good threat. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, sort of there's, like, a herald creature of Trigon that gets... That's gonna be this issue's main threat. Mm-hmm. Um... Attacked this Raven. Is, uh, this is Goron, they say. Goron. Yes. yes. With two ends. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we have again another some nice character beats with um, Wally realizing, oh God, I've been I've been forced to love a woman by who I don't even know. Um, um, yeah. yeah, so there's that. Um, we also get a uh, slight tease as to uh, uh, someone standing in, in the in the halls here in the shadows. It's very clearly Silas. Like yeah, they it, it really is. Hide them. Like oh oh, it was 
This is where I'm like, oh, Silas is the one who 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 built uh, Titan's Tower, didn't he? Yeah. <clears throat> it is kind of weird that we don't see a lot of Silas being a dick to Victor. So like, he's already on his redemption arc from the second we meet yeah. him. Well, I don't think. I think the implication is even that like, in he wasn't nearly as much of a dick in this version of events than in the New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. Like New Fifty Two, he's a dick. Here he's. Not a perfect father, but a good father. He cares. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, we have this, again, this great discussion. Um, and Goron attacks. Goron uh, attack. Yeah, a lot of this is, is a big fight scene. Um, it's a big fight scene. Again, the team's not working together. Yes. Uh, Raven is still... Uh, Raven goes over to Trigon, then we see a more physical form of trigon here he comes slowly comes out of this uh this mist here this red mist uh from the shadows and we see our first full body full page image of trigon it is a bit of a shame that it wasn't done by george perez but it's still very nice it's very nice and it fits and this is where we reveal i have inherited something from you father it is an evil that dwells within me an evil i despise for it has forced me to flee the peace of azareth's teachings Oh man! Like so good. So obviously, I knew. Yeah, Trigon was Raven's father. But even then, how good is that twist? Yeah, and like, it gets even better because like they go into depth later on, mm-hmm. uh, fully into the backstory uh, of Raven's mother, um, which is just it's it's harsh. It's harsh. Yeah. Uh, uh, do they do it right here, or is that later? No, that's later. That is later. Uh, that is the next issue. Yes, okay. that is that is an issue drew, that is drawn by Perez. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, moving on, uh, we have dealt with Goron. Anyway, dealt with Goron now. Trigon begins his uh, his attack on a city. After it just starts on a city. After after everyone after everyone basically is like, right, we're gonna try to work together and be a team. And you have one of my like fa- favorite little like cyborg Beast Boy moments. Mm-hmm. Um, Beast, be, uh, despite the um, not great dialogue from Vic, uh, uh, Beast Boy as a crab is like you know this this great like you know it's like let me tell you something Vic it's a state secret only known to the old time heroes, but sometimes we all get scared. Except me of course. I mean I just got into this racket to meet girls. Uh, <laughs> so uh, good. I love it. Beast, Boy's, Beast Boy's a crab I learned, right now. I love it. In this one panel, you learn so much about both of these characters. Yeah, um, yeah. All done so, so quickly. Because, like, at this point, Beast Boy has been just 100% comic relief. Yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, like, and not great comic relief either. Um, and it leads in so nicely into, like, the little descriptions of why each of these members are a titan. Yeah. Why so they're going like, to fight one Trigon. One through each of these characters as they go on to face Trigon. Um uh, they all attack him at once. Uh, it doesn't they, quite and they work are out. working together. They are working yeah. together for the first time, really. Mm-hmm. In the middle of this fight, we go back to uh, to Raven talking to her mother. Yes. Um, and it's it's basically like you know she's just saying like you know you're you're you, this you know you should you should get rid of pacifism. You have to you have to help stop stop Trigon, and they won't do it. And Trigon gloats about this, um, uh, you know, is 
it, there's this interesting panel with with Trigon and Arella, aka Raven's mother. Um, you know, is like, you know, have no fear, you will die as my brides who as all my brides who have preceded you. Um and you know, uh Raven summons the Titans to appear uh, and to stand together uh and to f- uh and, and to fight as it it's basically built to this idea that like Trigon is winning, basically. Yeah. Uh, like it's he, you know, no matter how much they try, they they defeat him. They don't. They can't defeat him. And Raven is then like, right, I'll sacrifice myself. Mm-hmm. I will go with you into your hell dimension. And I, as long as you leave this dimension alone. Um, and Trigon agrees, and the issue ends on such a strong note. They leave together um, with uh, with the with the Titans, uh, Raven's mother, and these hooded figures all standing around the flames that are left behind them. Leaving, um, I also love that in the next issue, think they're like George. Next issue, George Press returns to drawing the to the drawing board as the Titans face their greatest battle yet in the dark, brooding dimension of Trigon the Terrible. He, uh, be here for last kill. I um, think issue six's cover is actually my favorite. That is a great cover. I, 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 I love it. I love it. Ooh, I'm so Very glad. different. And you can tell, like, Perez is back. Yeah, yeah. Just that style is back. It's, it's very nice. Uh, but you have issue... like, the preview page, which is a big crowd scene. Yeah, yeah. Big crowd scenes can be kind of boring uh, in the in the wrong artist's hands. Um, but yeah, no, just very nice here. Uh, we open on issue six here. Yeah, we're in a big crowd scene. Uh, Trigon being, brings Raven back to his dimension, and um, uh, and she is still not a fully willing servant. Obviously. Yeah, obviously it's it's not fully willing. Um, she chooses to help this uh, this this child this child who, here who calls uh, who just calls him a monster because you know scared child yeah uh, and then Trigon's like no you don't get to, you don't you don't it's like fine you can help her and then they walk away and it's like oh wait nope dead and he fucking kills the child like like oh. my god that is dark it is it is so dark yeah um. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, also, surprise, I'm still going to take over your dimension. I don't know why. I don't. It's like, you know, it's like, yeah, surely you cannot have believed I would so willingly abandon that quest. Yeah, you did believe, didn't you, Raven? Yeah. Daughter, you are far too trusting. Love it. Oh, my God. So good. Trigon is such a cool threat here. He's such a um, good villain. He's yeah. such a good villain. And, yeah. you know, I'd love to see him in live action somehow. They... T- Technically, did him in Titans. I haven't watched that, and that's also they, like I don't, I don't think they ever like make him a physical figure, but he inhabits others' bodies. Oh, um, no, I want to see this like type of design. I want my giant evil Satan thing. Let me see. Uh, I because I, I, I only watched season one. Oh no, they do him physically. Oh okay. Oh that's Please. that's all right looking. It's all right. Okay. Well, you know, yeah, actually, that's pretty menacing. That that is pretty menacing. Hot damn. Okay, I'll, I'll send you it while we're still talking. Um, yeah, anyway, so we go into the title page. Last kill. Oh, my God, George Perez is back. Look at that. Oh, my God. And again, it's this is Raven giving herself up as the final push to have everyone uh, bring everyone together. Yeah, uh, and this is like, you know, this is the, the figure that between them all... Um, you know, made uh, is is the one that uh that, that caused them all to fight amongst themselves, and here she is, they're the final unifying force amongst the team. 
But first, they need to understand, uh, you know, understand the entire situation. Because, oh, okay. This is, this is, I, I, this has to be inspired by Rosemary's Baby, right? Right. I would have It's got to so. be. Like, it's got the Rosemary Baby vibes. Before we go into uh, that, there's Trigon from Titan. Oh, that's actually a really good design. Right? I was, for, like, I was surprised. I, 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 like I said, I only watched season one, so I didn't get to that. Like, it ends on a big Trigon cliffhanger season one. Um, and then, like, does, but, like, they don't show him physically. So I guess that's him from the beginning of season two. Um, that's really cool looking, actually. That's cool, yeah. Anyway, yeah. the important stuff. So. Raven's mother returned to the occult after rejecting religion, um, which is very 80s. That, that is a very 80s plot point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She basically, she. I don't want to say she pulled an Alan Moore. She kind of pulled an Alan Moore. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, but then we get and, the full backstory of Raven's mother and how Raven came to be. And who boy. Who boy. <laughs> who something. boy. Man. So you know Rosemary's baby. It's that backstory. <laughs> it's she's, that. she's the bride of Satan. Satan is summoned as um well, someone's horny in more ways than one. Uh for various <laughs> for various reasons. But uh but key amongst them all uh is she is essentially raped. And um Yeah. And uh Raven is a product of rape. Uh, yeah, well, wow. Wow. <laughs> okay, it's actually, it's implied that she consents. Like, implies yeah. she consents to be the victim. And then only doesn't like it when it's like, oh, wait. Oh, God, it's evil incarnate. Like, she was tempted by the she, devil. But she, yeah, is, I was going to say, she, she was tricked into it, though. Yeah, it's... This is this is um, at the very I mean, best. I think, I think at the end of the day, in the introduction, Marv Wolfman calls it rape. So I would oh, say it's yeah, rape. He does. <laughs> he it does. is. <laughs> so, luckily, I, yeah. luckily, nothing is shown. Oh um, yeah, I mean, you get pretty close, as close as you can out of the Comics Code Authority. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it. That that is it. <laughs> that's that is it. Um, I forget which one did he say that sales started to continuously go up from. Uh, that would was be that issue four, six. Or oh wow, huh. it would be this one. And you I, know what? I mean, I, that, that, that's not, of course, to imply it's because of the rape. Um, no, no, I think it's because this is where the story actually gets back on track and really starts to fire on all cylinders again. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I mean you know, despite it being an uncomfortable topic, like it's a it's a profound backstory for a main character of a book at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and every character, every original character is coming from trauma. Like, yeah. heck, most uh, the only character who really isn't coming from any sort of trauma is Wally West. Yeah. Um, and I, I would say, like, you know, it, we sort of joke about it nowadays, you know, that every superhero has to have a tragic backstory. But Marv Wolfman is a lot of the reason why when we create new main protagonists for superhero things, we give them ridiculously tragic backstories because it works. It's compelling. It drags people in. It's, it's really, it's really also, interesting. It's also kind of human. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, what what causes us to aspire to be greater? Tragedy, you know? Um, yeah. To be better than those bad things that we've experienced. Um, it's a really great message and I, and I, to I have. love, I love this idea of Raven's mother, because this is the 80s. 
Like, no, this would be. Oh, that's that's interesting. This would be pre Roe v. Wade when this is taking place. Ooh. Ooh. So, Ooh, man. that that adds another layer. Uh, if you're getting this far, uh, <laughs> yeah, and you're in America, you know exactly what sort of hellscape we're in because of that yeah. uh, and things that are happening. Uh, I think it's I think it's I think it's safe to say that uh, Fresh Face Comics fully supports a woman's right to choose. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. And like, it's, this is very, like, again, 1980. Yeah, no, that would have to, yeah, so she's essentially forced to have the child, too. Yeah. Man, yikes. Uh, Which is, again, and she picked up her life as best she could, but that scarred her. Like, it adds so much to why she isn't, why she's so devoted to pacifism. Mm-hmm. And then why Raven is devoted to pacifism, but realizes there's evil that must be fought. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for obvious reasons, the cartoon never touched on uh, Raven's mother. But also, it is a bit of a shame that because of that cartoon, nobody ever talks about what a compelling character her mother is. You know, it's always like Raven and Trigon. Nobody ever talks about her mother. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's I think it's, it's, it's one of the stronger parts about Raven's backstory, I'd say. And, and Wolfman does such a good job of setting up tri- like trilogy character like three characters and grouping them together mm-hmm. um we even talked about that in the introduction to this where he yeah. talks about like the triangles of characters you know everyone sort of should interact in groups of three you know even if those groups of three overlap with one another there should still be there there should still be that that triangle of characters not necessarily not necessarily low triangles though some of them are um just triangles of uh, character interactions yeah and i think it, it works so well yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the first thing you get is Cyborg, just like, you are a terrible mother, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you know, she's still your kid. Um, you know, and, and it, it just makes the Titans even more. And like, the, the priests are like, we'll open the doorway, but like, you, you know, you, uh, you have, uh, you know, you know, you're, you're, uh, you lust, your lust for that will be the undoing of you all. Um, but it's like, we don't care. Still do it. You know, it's like we all, like, they're uniting. They're saving. I love the way, like, the Between Dimensions is portrayed as that oh, yeah. MC Escher-esque staircase. Oh, yeah, yeah. Such a good spread, too. Um, again, with some great little character character moments, too, for, like, all right, here's how our characters are feeling. All done across one very nice, like, Almost yeah. like and two... and, and, the, and these the, it's not like stopping the the plot dead to say like you know here's how we're, we're feeling at this point we're still carrying uh we're still like moving things along and keeping the pace up as we as we delve into each of these characters' minds it's so cool yeah it's it's great um and they almost immediately come across Trigon who uh, now has a giant purple dog and giant I love purple it. dog I love it I oh, love everything bang. about it. I, I want it. <laughs> I love um, it. Uh, and, you know, they attack. Uh, and then, oh, surprise, Ravens escaped her cell. Um, and she, it implies she goes back to her mother. Uh, which is interesting. Um, you know, and, you know, they both feel the pain because uh, Trigon's like, right, I'm just going to start killing people. Just going to start killing people because As Satan. Because Satan. Yeah, <laughs> because Satan. 
yeah, because Satan. Um, yeah, uh, great, great. Uh, we end up in a great finale here. Uh, uh, Raven, uh, what is this like green energy energy that she attacks Trigon with here? It's I think it's just like the her first like real magic. Mm. Uh, and um, yeah, she finally starts to overcome him. Uh, really powerful moment for her character. Um, sort of accepting to... the evil inside herself that is just from her past, but still being like, I get to forge my own path. Yeah, which and, and using it to, t- to to you know to bring down her oppressor. I love that. Um, so so good. And then she frees the rest of her friends. All the Titans have been locked up, of course. So she frees the rest of them. Uh, she finally takes down Trigon. Uh, we finish them off together. We Wally's the one who, uh, you know, uh, who kind of figures out everyone. Like he does the, the, his corkscrew thing. Everyone's working together. Um, and Trigon, you know, with sort of Raven with like a full plan. Uh, and it actually works. Like it's a concentrated beam plus distraction mm-hmm. uh, plus mental energy all breaking through with this great action like one panel yeah um, so good so good and everyone a- and then raven's uh raven's mother follows trigon back into his dimension which is locked um basically because she you know because she's also you know taking a stand herself um mm-hmm like been like right i just can't be passive because this is letting an evil happen um and trigon is defeated uh but not really because it's very clear like this is only the beginning of a war that will never see an end Uh, so good and then they and then they say next issue assault on titan's tower It'll, be, It'll good. be good. They sound a little unconvinced. They a little <laughs> unconvinced. A little unconvinced. Luckily, it is good. It's good. I, it's not. It's not one of my favorite issues. Issues of the no. collection. But it keeps um, the momentum going. Um, I love. I love that. Like they just. Re- everyone just reappears in front of some picnickers. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. We do have uh, the cover here with uh, Dr. Light. We're bringing back the Fearsome Five, probably the weakest part of the past six issues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, okay. Do, yeah. Do people like the Fearsome Five? Probably. Probably. Do they? Do they? I'm, I'm not a huge fan. Um, no, they're, they're, the, they're the weakest link. There's some good regular villains for the Titans, I guess. I think, I think though, I think they might do better with other villains. I mean, we've already seen them do better with other villains. Other villains. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> you know, but obviously those are like big event villains. You know, if Deathstroke was in every single fucking issue, you know, that'd be pretty boring. Um, and Trigon we just dealt with. So, you know, um, who, else, who else is left at this point? Well, let's do another Fearsome 5 issue, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so here we are, catching up with the Titans, seeing where they all are. Um, we get some nice interactions, specifically between uh, 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 Raven and Starfire here. Yeah. Like, there's this great idea, like, Raven thinks that she should be hated, and Starfire's like, why? Why would I hate you? Um, you know, you, you, you know, you, you helped save me from slavery. You know, you're clearly trying to be a good person. Yeah. And, like, everyone, everyone agrees, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, this is, like, the point where it's, like, you feel like it's a team, except for Wally, because Wally is still confused, because... 
he was, um, well, he was forced to love Raven. Yeah, he's still a bit shaken up by that, which I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Uh, And he also, he's the one who wanted to give up superheroing at the beginning. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And then was forced back into it by a spell. Yeah. So now he's at a a point like he he knows he's no longer in love with Raven and that it was all a lie. Was even the fact that he has this costume on again to begin with uh, a lie, you know? I really like that dilemma for him. So he's going to go off and do his own thing for a little bit, mainly the rest of this issue. Um, But we get that the Fearsome Five are going to be attacking Titan's Tower. Yes. yes, and it's it. I don't know. I don't know, man. This this is this is not the strongest Titans plot so far. It's not. It's this is this is a bridge. One for it it's to do a couple of things. One to give us like a full. I love the full page layout of like the map of Titans Tower. Yeah, right. <laughs> we bring like, it but also really shows you just how logically impractical this thing is. <laughs> Joey, it's a building. It is a building in the shape of the T of a T. And Archit- architecturally, and... it shouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. However, <laughs> like once you've suspended that, the fact that they have a skyjet hatch, an underground waterway, several gyms, several rooms, several like, meeting rooms. Like of, of the two, like of the bar like at the top of the T. One of those sides has a fucking helicopter in it, Jacob. One of them has a rocket ship. Yeah, like... <laughs> it's not as far of a leap once you get over the it's already a goddamn T. Of course yeah. it has all these things. <laughs> I love um, it, though. I love it. I love it. It's... It's, it's oh yeah, it's it's camp. We love it. Yeah, it's it's stupid. It's really fun though. Yeah, um, I, I will say uh, Corey's the one who who sums up. This all seems so silly. We should be going after them. Truer words have never been spoken. Yep. Because yeah, they're attacking Titan's Tower, um, and a lot of this just kind of reinforces, like, what the last issue was all about. Yep. It's kind of a shame. Uh, yeah. There's some fighting. Uh, Robin gets tied up. We're, I'm kind uh, of rushing through this because I want to get to the actual like the yeah, real meat of yeah, this. The, the meat of this is is really where it's at. It's, it's a pretty boring fight of, up to this it, point. I, mean, I, 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 sh- I, sh- I shouldn't say boring. Um, I, I, I enjoy it more than issue three, probably because it's shorter than issue three. I think I appreciate issue three for what it does for the Trigon arc. That too. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, here we are. Uh, eventually, a uh, Doctor Light threatens uh, Silas. He is here. Um, we uh, Wonder Girl uh, captures Doctor Light, though she gets him out of the way. We save Silas. Uh, fight continues. That's about it. Um, uh, that's about it. They stop eventually... the Fearsome Five. <laughs> yeah, they they stop the Fearsome Five <laughs> basically by using sleep gas. Yep. Yep. That's 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 how it happens. That's it. Uh, and a terrible pun from Robin. <clears throat> Our friend here was out like a light. Ha ha ha. Well, actually, okay, it's a terrible pun. The terrible puns are the best, especially with Beast Boy being like, he said it, I warned him, and he still said it. <laughs> that is really funny. And we lead I into the that. epilogue with Silas, with Raven telling Silas, talk to your son. Yeah, uh, we like, do finally find out here that uh, Silas paid for Titan's Tower. That is the reason that it's here. Um, uh, and so... we get... We get an explanation 
Uh, we get all of Cyborg's backstory here. Mm-hmm. You know. So there's this very interesting thing of the, their, the miscommunication between Silas and Victor. Yeah. Uh, you know, Silas, it's very much unlike the way Johns portrays him is very much. I would have encouraged my son to do anything to be happy. Yeah. Uh, especially <laughs> if I realized uh, he was working with his wife and trying to shatter dimensions and As you dream, do. His dream became a nightmare. And, okay, the implication is that this is where the preview issue happens, but that makes no sense because, you know... The old cyborg already existed. Cyborg point. already a cyborg there. Yeah, it, it, the it, 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 makes no it, sense. Doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And, the, the DC Comics Presents 26 is, is, is a fever dream, Jacob. Yes. It's all good. I, I will say, this backstory almost hit me harder. Oh, I yeah. Think, just because, like... He's losing his mother. Yeah, and and, and because Silent is, Silas is a much more innocent figure here. Yeah, Symp- sim- much more sympathetic, much more human. Yeah, but 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 you see, if we're comparing the the two big origins, which is this and the one in, in uh, the Jeff Johns Justice League run, you appreciate. I, I can appreciate like what comes from both of them. You know, yeah, you feel you feel for Victor in in the Jeff Johns one because he has. He, he doesn't have any support from his father and his father only cares about him once he is a technological uh, one of a kind piece of machinery. Um, Whereas here, this is more the last desperate, desperate act of a man trying to save the little bit of family that he has left. Yeah. Uh, um, so you feel both, I think, and, and, and both are equally valid. I, I don't think I really prefer one to the other. And the last two pages of the issue. Oh my God. It's just this beautiful reconciliation between the two yeah and you know silas taking um taking you know silas and victor making up building up to silas stone's death yeah um i think you know we can look at scenes like you know explaining that raven is a product of rape or where you know, or, or 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 you know right down to the to the anime beach beach episode in issue two or no sorry issue three no it two, two. There, it, it in two. issue two but when we say that new teen titans is mature we mean stuff like this i think yeah you know Th- it this, is this emotion is- it is emotionally mature it is allowing people to see themselves in characters and we'll touch on that more in issue eight. Very much so. Um, so next issue, the human drama continues as we reveal a day, day in the lives. lives. This uh, is so. This is again. We're in my non-spoiler section. This is where the Sandman comparisons come because issue eight of Sandman is very similar to this structurally and for what it does. This is the yeah. all right. The team is now a team. We have some character. Let's give them that character. Yeah. Um, so day in the lives. New Teen Titans eight. We see Starfire. She goes over to uh, Donna Troy's uh, studio apartment. Not apartment. But studio. Because uh, Donna Troy is a photographer for models, which is yes. again a very, very interesting. Um, there's some. There's some. You know, George Perez, Mark Wolfman are horny. Um, it, it, it's it's pretty innocent this time, I'd say. Really? It's pretty innocent. I'm pa- okay, they are like. 
around a co- large column for for three very small panels. It's yeah, okay. very innocent. It's very innocent, but it's it's, it's still very there. comparatively it's very innocent. Um, yeah. Um, but I think I think it's nice to see like this attempt at empowerment for both characters. Because uh, Donna Troy takes no shit, and Starfire takes no shit. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, you have a guy come in. It's like one of the models' managers. Like, uh, them. Okay, okay. He is very Italian. Hey, what's the these? These are pictures <laughs> they make of my candy. Looks so, look so skinny, like a spaghetti. <laughs> like a spaghetti. <laughs> I fucking love it. Um, yeah. So, so Don, Don of course stands up to this guy. Um, Corey comes in, fashionable as ever. Um, I, I love and, how it's like he, this is this is her civilian outfit. It's like okay, she's she's orange. She she's orange. So so are some people in the world, Jacob. Come on. Um, so, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So uh, because uh, Starfire is Starfire, she's offered a modeling job. She declines. Um, and uh, we move on. Donna and Corey go out for the day. We meet Donna's boyfriend. This is Carrie Long. Carrie uh, Terry Long. Yes, you're right. Okay, uh, so again. I have a feeling that Donna Troy is definitely at the very least 18. Oh, uh, she's, she's definitely older than 18. I'd yeah. Say. She's like, she is like an adult. Yeah. Um, like this is called the new teen Titans, but they're not all teens. Yeah. Um, especially since like, okay, like I get it. Big age gaps in relationships were like not nearly as frowned upon today, but like this one feels innocent. At least yeah. the way it's presented. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. yeah. But in Titan's um, Tower, we have, you know, Robin uh, going off um, back to the surf- circus, uh, where he's apparently been working, and then back to Gotham. Uh, yes. And we'll and, be back uh, to the Ra- Titans in a week. Yes. Uh, Raven sees the tower, um, uh, goes out for a bit then as a giant black silhouette. and uh, Well, because she wants to go to a university. Yes. And it seems that, and then, you know, there are uh, some revolutionaries. I'm not entirely sure what the point of this is. What's what Wolfman is trying to say. Yeah, it's it, it's not entirely it, clear. It's not clear. One of them is called Mikkel and it's written like Russian. So I'm, I'm wondering if like there's like some Cold War stuff that he's trying to comment on. Maybe, but it's not there long enough to actually make an impact, I'd say. Yeah, but Raven has this nice moment of just saving people on her own with a bomb, uh, by stopping a bomb. Um, You have... What I was... We have then an interlude, which I'm I'm sure that's, like, probably set up for what's coming next in... It's a weird interlude. Um, you'll you'll see. We'll we'll touch on that later. Um, I don't even think we need to cover it here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, brief interlude. Uh, moving on, we uh, we see uh, Vic and Gar here together, which is very nice. Very um, nice. They're definitely the characters that have bonded the most, um, and and have found sort of solace with each other uh, throughout these last couple issues. Uh, Gar Gar is called away on an emergency, uh, and you know, 
<laughs> okay, so Gar's also like really rich. Like richer than yeah. Bruce Wayne rich, I yeah. think, is yeah. the implication. Um and you know, uh Gar stops uh a carjacking um and leaves Victor on his own and he goes to his old girlfriend's place. Yes. Um God, just everything with Vic in this issue breaks my heart. I it does. Just, oh, I love it. Um Vic, he... Vic really has just lost everything at this point, especially coming straight off the end of the last issue. Like it, it hurts so much, and I love it. And it's this is very much Wolfman's comment on the stupidity of bigotry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um obviously using an, an exaggerated uh ailment here you know he's a literal an, ex- an exaggerated ailment and being very careful to slip it in i don't want to say subtly because it's not subtle no but not so much as okay so at this point still in american history of an interracial in an interracial relationship would still is it would still be like a relatively new thing mm-hmm. and doing it like this where it's ability versus disability is going to be easier to slip past certain people yeah yeah um and get um, the ideas in their minds yeah but after we leave this uh, we have the best scene best scene like in this whole volume, in this volume. Yeah, just these is. two these two pages alone um so so vic is walking by these uh these kids playing ball um He's like he's hitting the head with the ball and um and doesn't feel it because it hits like his metal size. Yeah. Um, and uh, and the kid comes up. Uh, he asks for the ball back, and um, and he hands the ball over uh with with one of his mechanical arms and he hands it there and the kid says uh Mister your hand and and Vic assumes that he's gonna freak out about it. The kid goes um wow it's real neat. I wish they gave me one like that and you get the greatest little uh uh twist here uh that the kid also has the prosthetic arm and uh and it's actually like a a, a, a it's just like a school trip for like uh for like all kids with prosthetics and of some uh, sort yeah and disabilities like that like it's so fucking good this so is vic, so vic goes over to like to like play ball with them uh the teacher tries to apologize say, no 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 here are these you know i i will be here for them i love that um it is so much so that this got adapted into the 2003 tv show yeah like this scene and this scene in that show was the first time i got to see someone like myself on screen really Mm -hmm. like it is it seems like this is why representation matters yeah yeah absolutely for those who don't know and and marv wolfman was fucking saying this in 1980 like oh my god sorry Um, sorry go ahead yeah for those who don't know i have a prosthetic eye i am I am literally a cyclops. Yes, uh, we, we joke about it, but Jacob we joke about it. We, it's, it's literally a cyclops. It's, it's literally a cyclops, uh, and just it might be why Vic Stone is a character who I just connect to so much. Uh, I think even on smaller levels, though, you know, um, Vic is probably the most human of of a lot of these characters. Um, but but still has you know it, it, through through exaggerated means is is also an outsider. So you know so we have we have the the um the subtext here of of him of him having a disability, obviously on a larger scale than someone like you or many others. Um, 
but also, you know, someone that people can relate to for smaller things too, you know, um, uh, being an outcast in such a way. And uh, Vic has always been one of the the most relatable characters of the group because of that. And he's, he's, he's a leap forward for non-white superheroes. Just because what you would have had, what Luke Cage basically. Uh, Yeah. Luke Cage was a seventies character. Um, Black Panther, I think was already a thing at this point. Should have been. You had it. You had a couple, but not so much as normal everyday characters. Yeah. And and this is what you need. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, you have Raven reflecting in her astral form, essentially uh, on stuff. Uh, you know, uh, fighting uh, these creatures. Uh, and eventually getting back to herself before we actually deal with Wally's damage. Um, yeah, uh, who we hadn't seen up to this point. Um, first off, did you know Wally's backstory uh, before this? Um, I, I didn't. I assumed it was basically the same as Barry Allen's. And it literally is. <laughs> but also his parents know. Yeah, yeah. And also you knew that he was related to Iris West, I assume. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but I find, and this conversation is kind of interesting because it's, you know, his parents basically telling him, you know, you basically do what you think is right and we will support you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a nice scene. Um, yeah, it's it's a nice scene. Uh, a lot of these are nice scenes, like really nice scenes. Yeah, uh, I, honestly, this is just the best issue of the collection. Yeah, easily, like just Wolf and Wolf and Perez, like getting the opportunity to just really expand on these characters is so nice. It's it's so um, good. Uh, we have one more Luth Raven, you know, defeating defeating her de- her inner demons basically, and literal, going back. literal inner demons, literal um, inner demons. <laughs> uh, we see uh, Corey doing some modeling for uh, for for Donna. Which is very nice. Very nice. And, um, and we uh, get some explanation as to the Donna Terry relationship. Yep. Which is, yeah, it's it's not as bad as some people would make it out to be. Um, but it's. Oh, I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. There's still just a, uh, it's just a, a kind of a, a big gap, and yeah, I mean, at least, at least they haven't made him like an abusive asshole or something. No, no, no. Uh, but yeah, anyway, and... so Corey, Corey flies away. Some very nice panels there. Um, we see uh, Corey's kill a horse. Does she kill a horse? I think she kills a horse. She might kill a horse. She kills a horse. Um, and I think that's a great note to end this on. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then we have, you know, just an epilogue that's... Epilogue, again, don't really need to cover that. We'll We'll get into that. Um, and also at the end of this collection, some very nice character posters. Very nice character posters. Robin the Teen which... Wonder, Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, uh, Vic, Victor Stone, a.k.a. Cyborg, Raven, the Changeling, and Starfire. Starfire. I love, love, love those posters. All great. And um, that's that. Oh, and some new 52 ads at the end. Oh, yeah, because, yeah. Huh. 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 Anyway, so yeah, that was the new Teen Titans, Volume 1. Of course, uh, I mean, I guess technically there's adapted material. Technically. The show. The show. Well, there's the show. But also, if you want to get really technical, there's a there's an animated movie called uh, Teen Titans versus the Justice League. Oh, and does that draw on this plot? 
Uh, no. I mean, Trigon's involved. Like, Trigon is, Trigon, like, infects the Justice League, and that causes uh, them to fight the but Teen it does, Titans. But it doesn't, it doesn't specifically adapt to this. No, no, just the idea of Justice League versus Teen Titans with Trigon involved somehow. That's pretty much yes. it. But it's part yeah. of that animated universe with uh, Son of Batman and Flashpoint and all that. So. All that. That we that we'll be dipping in and out of as yeah. things go on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so overall, the New Teen Titans Volume One. It's it's good. It's it's not perfect. Uh, no. The middle drags a lot. Um, it's very much finding its feet, but like it starts off strong, it ends strong, um, and it doesn't go to like well, terrible. Places. Starts off as in number one starts off strong. Number one starts off. I don't want to count the preview, okay? It's great. It's it's amazing. It's it's the best it's, issue. You should read the preview because it's a fever dream of just. It is. It it, it literally is in many ways. It literally is. Yeah. Literally um, is a fever dream. But it is. It is. It is. It is clear why this then kept going. Yeah. Like. Um, and this lasted what okay. nearly two hundred issues with all well, with Wolfman uh, between two between two series because. Yeah. They did reboot the title when Crisis happened, but it was still just continuing New Teen Titans. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was uh, Tales of the Teen Titans at that point. Ah, right, because then <clears throat> yeah, yep. but, like the numbering stayed the same, and then they rebooted. No, the num- no, 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 no. The numbering restarted. Oh, they restarted the numbering. Okay, that's yeah. well, well, well t- it changed to Tales of the Teen Titans and continued the numbering. That was pre-Crisis, and then there was a new series called Tales of the Teen Titans that restarted the numbering. That restarted the okay. But it's yeah. all collected under the new Teen Titans label, correct? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, they, they they have not stopped that yet. They they're just doing it all under one label, which makes yes. sense. Which makes sense. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm, um man, I, I'm I'm so excited that we're finally reading this. It's very cool. Um, it's very cool. So excited, of course, that we're covering Volume Two next time on the channel. Uh, that'll be issues nine through sixteen. Nine through sixteen. Uh, nine through sixteen. Yeah, a uh, bit more of a uh, anthology release, not so much like big arcs or anything. Uh, more like you know one or two part stories. I think there's a three parter in there. Um, nothing insane though. Nothing so, insane. Yeah. yeah. It'll yeah. be cool to see, and uh, a lot more team splits. Like there's like a whole arc in there that only focuses on like like four or five of the titans yeah, yeah. which will be good because you know some of the characters don't get as so, much yeah, shine. Yeah, yeah you know all seven shouldn't be in every single issue yeah it's it, i mean it's it's, it's clear because like any introduction to this one it, there's this big deal about like marvin and george we don't want to do a team book mm-hmm. and but then it's like here we are yeah exactly it, it's, it's, one, it's one of the best team books of all time yeah this is this is this is defining dc yeah, um, it really is. The fact that this thing outsold everything in DC's output in the 80s eventually. Yeah, like, like it's, this, it's insane. If you can outsell Batman and Superman. At the same time. At the same time. You <laughs> at have. At the same fucking time. Yeah. Um, you have something there. Yeah, definitely. So, all right. Uh, I guess on a final note, um, George Perez, just. What, what is there to even say at this point? I an absolute legend in the comics industry. Um, I, we were talking before we, we started recording this episode and I said, it, it, you know, it's almost poorly timed, but I guess fittingly timed in a way. Uh, we certainly didn't plan it this way. You know, we had recorded the throne of Atlantis episode and a few days later, George Perez had passed and the, the, the news broke and yeah. It, and it was, it was felt. 
Yeah, it was very. I mean, much. this is this is certainly not going to be the last time we cover something of Perez on this show. Good God, no, no. no. I mean, I, I I have I think at least ten episodes planned in the first hundred. Which oh, yes, good. which yes, audience. I don't think I've ever said that on the podcast. I do yeah, have like the Joey first, has, like, the first hundred, hundred odd, odd episodes planned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So don't worry, we're good for a while. Plenty of fresh faced comics coming your way. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, be on the lookout. Uh, yeah. But on that note. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, as always, leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening to us on uh, uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and I think we're some other places technically. Um, that, that just kind of automatically do it, which is weird. Yeah, um, yeah our podcast sources are weird. Yes. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, follow us on Twitter. Comment yes, uh, I am at, at Jomo uh, with three underscores. Jacob is at Newt5996. All that will be linked in the description below the YouTube video. Um, also on the YouTube video, I will leave the link to this volume in the description below and the link to volume two, our next reading in the description below. And then with episodes 18 through 20, we have a whole new block of books starting up. So be on mm-hmm. the lookout for that. I am so unbelievably excited for it. You have no idea. You have no I, idea. I, I honestly don't. You have no fucking idea. Um, all right. I'm very excited. Thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, this has been Joey Morgan. And Jacob Licklider. Goodbye. Goodbye.